Podeskew is brought to you by Proper Rumpus Media. Podescue Podcast, I am CJ, and with me as always is my hetero life mate, Rico. What's up, man? (laughs) 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 What's crazy about that is that shit wasn't even planned. That was some improv, like, just like prep work that apparently McConaughey does. Like, it's crazy. McConaughey does it before every fucking take. Leo was like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, oh, all right, this is what I do. <laughs> and then, like, right. they, they said, like, you should put this in the movie. And at one point, you see Leo look in another direction. He's, like, getting feedback from Scorsese. He'd be like, yeah, keep going, keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and honestly, that set the fucking tone. Oh, no, absolutely. Scorsese even says it. I watched the thing. But we'll talk all about that in a minute. Uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves. What's going on? None, man. Dude, it has been a fucking week. Oh, I hear you, brother. I hear you. I know. I I know a little bit of your week, and it does not. Mine does not compare. But I I get you. <laughs> that being said, uh, I've been watching some random ass fucking movies that I, I know you have not seen, but I do briefly want to talk sure, about. Sure. So number one, I know. Where, but- I- no, 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 in no particular order. I saw Thor, fucking Love and Thunder. Okay, yeah. Fin- finally. I'm trying to. I'm gonna ask this question. I'm trying to ask this because I don't want you to spoil anything. But I'm seeing a lot of hate for this fucking movie, and I know you're not the biggest Ragnarok fan. So I'm, I'm not. I, I, I'm. No, no, no. no you're, I'm, you're, you're right. But uh, no, but I'm better. I used to say you hated it. You don't hate it, but it's not your favorite of the Thors. So to, to, to re- no, let me let me let me let me recap. So sure. my my opinion of Ragnarok is it's just so was, different, right? Is what it was. It's so radically different. But I was tired of the praise where everybody was like blowing it because it's very 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 funny. Yeah. And my opinion is just because something's hysterical doesn't mean it's an amazing film. No, I I agree with that. Yeah. So. Love and Thunder, it, let's say, like, Ragnarok was an eight on the ridiculous funny meter. Yeah. Love and Thunder is pushing an 11, but it's oh, wow. not in a great way. Okay. Okay, so I, I'll, I'll spoil one thing. It's so insignificant, but I got to give you a heads up. Sure. Do you know the fucking screaming goat meme that was, like, popular, like, 10 years ago? It, that, was, it was in something we, we saw recently, it wasn't it? It was in The Grinch, and it was, That's like, it, pissing yeah. us both off. Yeah. yeah. That happens no less than, like, 12 fucking times oh, in this movie. Okay. Thor has, like, a couple of fucking giant goats, which are canon to the comics. They, sure. that yes, is, yes, like, that's, that's true. Yeah. But all they fucking do is scream, and it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like. Fucking, we, it was kind of funny the first time. Now it's just not funny. That being said, Christian Bale is fucking awesome as shit. He's doing his, like, best. Like, if if, if Christian Bale was Voldemort. That's like, what I've been seeing is that it, he should have played Voldemort at this point, you know. 
the I will give the strongest praise to the fact that Natalie Portman is fucking awesome. Good. They treat her character with like immense respect. That awesome. whole storyline is so fucking well done. Um, because you you want to see her. Yeah, 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 and yeah. That being said, it is fucking redonkulous in kind of the one of the worst ways. Okay. Um, and I and I won't. There are two. Uh, there are two credit scenes. I will tell you that. I won't tell you what they are. No. Yeah. 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 But this is one of those movies where I'm like, you know, whenever it's like Marvel, I'm like, you got to see this in theaters. I would wait for Disney Plus. On well, this one. I, 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 I was and I will still buy it just for the sake of completion. Completionism. Yeah. But, um, you know, because I, I just got multitude or multiverse of madness came in two weeks ago. I want to say, you know, so. Yeah. I, I um, I'm still behind on buying a bunch of Marvel films, but well, I caught you I'm, up I'm with waiting. one. I'm I'm saving up for Morbius. That's what I'm fucking yeah, doing. Well, that's already out, motherfucker. That's already no. I, no, I <laughs> it might be one where I'm like, oh god, do I really want to buy this fucking I, movie? I will probably watch it if it comes. To, I'll watch it when it hits like HBO or wherever it lands. You know what I mean? But you know, the next movie I saw was Nope. Which, when you're working at a movie theater, is the funniest thing because, like, when you're trying to like make chit chat while you're like, you know, if we rush through customers at concession, yeah, then yeah, like yeah. back bar gets you know backed up. I think so, you told us actually that part. You, you okay? Told, so, yeah. but like the joke is, I'm like, hey, so what do you see? And they're like, nope. I'm like, well, excuse me, I just won't fucking ask that. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Uh, nope is is visually great. It is a slow burn. And it's uh, it's not my favorite of Jordan Peele's movies. Uh, I I think Get Out is significantly better. I thought Us was creepier. This one is just kind of like once you find out the whole story, you're kind of like, well, okay. But like, is some shit gonna fucking happen? And there's like a scene that is a flashback that periodically uh, gets played in segments. And then once you see the whole scene, you're like, well, what the fuck does this have to do with the story? Right. It's completely unrelated except for, like, one character experienced it. All, all I care about Jordan Peele's movie at this point, movies at this point, is to see if the next one's called Of The, and then your theory will be right. Because, yeah. Get out us. Well, no, no. Get out you, of the U.S. Say, of, you, of, no, get no. out of the U.S. Right. Nope. That, yeah. Or or nope, get out of the U.S. Like nope, we're out. You know, basically. Did, so did you see my tweet that I tagged him in? Uh, no, I did not. I tagged Jordan Peele and I said, at this point, I expect Jordan Peele to make a movie with Will Smith called Ah Hell No. Nah. <laughs> what? What did he respond <laughs> at all? No, 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 not at all. Well, no. Sometimes they'll they'll like it or whatever. He may not say anything, but they'll like it at least, you know. So. No, but I, no. I thought it was clever. But uh, actually, I, I guess like I guess he's like I don't want to be anywhere near Will Smith right now. Actually, if you, you if you go back right now, it'll say blocked. Like Jordan Peele has blocked you. That might actually, you know, I'm waiting for the day Hamill blocks you. Like that's. The I haven't tweeted Hamill on a very. Well, I know, actually, that's not true. I did recently, but it wasn't like it wasn't that. Somebody. It was something else. Yeah, I remember. I don't remember what it was but... it was like take take a celebrity's name and like that's mess right. and like yeah, reverse yeah, yeah, the yeah, initials yeah, yeah and it was hark mammal and yeah. i was like whatever yeah. uh the third movie which i'm actually like one of the ones that i'm like you really should see this is prey 
Yeah. I look, ba- we know your predator stance. We know your predator ranking. <laughs> and I'm not spoiling anything, but it's like it, it shows a perspective of 300 years ago. A com- it's like a Comanche tribe. Right. So, so it's a Comanche Native American woman who is like, obviously, you know, she's like trying to be a warrior when they're trying to get, make her a healer. Right. So they have this thing where like, she has to go through her rite of passage hunting so, and blah, blah, blah. So it's native American Mulan. It's, it's kind of, yeah, it's like predators. Pocahontas meets predator. Yeah. Yeah. Without, without being like racist about it, that it's like to like sum it up for like, I'm like, if this is what I got to say yeah. for you to see it, it's that. I know. No, I didn't say it was changing my opinion. <laughs> No, but I, ha- I, it's very well done. It's like it, it's it's respectful of the mythos, but it doesn't try to rewrite the history. It goes far back enough where you're like the predator looks devolved slightly. Okay, so its technology is not as the advanced laser cannons. Yeah, yeah. it's okay. advanced for them. Sure, sure. But instead of like the laser cannons, it has like the targeting sequence, and it shows it. Uh, shoots out arrows like metal arrows mm. so i was like okay that's pretty fucking cool isn't that isn't that what it was I, like all jokes aside isn't that what it was in the schwarzenegger one no it was a, it was a cannon it was like a laser cannon okay. thing all right um but i could have sworn yeah. i remember it shooting the the predator or a predator shooting some maybe it was in one of the avps i don't remember but they had like wrist things that they would shoot out like spears and shit like that mm. but the targeting laser thing was always a cannon okay this time okay. it's just specifically like metal bucket gotcha. arrows gotcha um it's it's very well done i i thoroughly and Maxwell's one of the biggest Predator fans on the planet, and when I when it dropped, I was like, "Dude, you've got to see this!" And he immediately watched it, and then he like he tried to call me, and I was at work. I'm like, "I can't talk." He's like, "Send me a text, like message." He's like, "That was fucking amazing. This is exactly what a Predator fucking like spinoff movie should be." Blah blah blah. He came over the next day, like he basically said, "Hey, I'm swinging by. Are you available?" I'm like, "Yeah." And then he just showed up like 20 minutes later. I'm like, "Oh, I didn't know." I I thought it was going to be later. He's like, and immediately he gave me a hug. I'm like, all right, we're talking about prey right now. I'm like, wow, this is, that's really fucking high praise. You know, you have the recording thing. You should have just cracked the mic and sat there with him. I didn't know we were going to fucking do it. And, and I, and he was pressed for time, but like, okay, I should have okay. um, been like, all right, we're going to give you a pot of skew exclusive. Of yeah, right. Viewing prey. Has, has he heard that one? Probably not, I would imagine. I I told him about it, but I don't know if he's ever listened to it. Gotcha. Got it. Um, all right. That being said, we instead of prey, we're going on well, to a I, different couple fucking predators. Well, before that, I have some stuff. So Oh, you have some stuff. Let me hear I some I have some shit. stuff. So so um one of these I brought up last week, but there's an update in a positive way, so I wanna touch on it again real quick. Um uh, I got my gaming console that that Pants of Siren uh, yeah. built for me. Uh, some minor technical issues hooking it up, but once we got it set up, man, I got to tell you, this thing is, you know. Now he he posted about this on Facebook, so I can say this without you know getting in trouble. He gave me the friends and family discount on this thing, and mm-hmm. god damn it, like 
I'll yeah. never see you again is basically what you're saying. No, I, I will. <laughs> you're going to laugh at this. So I, if you remember, I told you last episode, there's over 9,000 games on this thing. Mm-hmm. The night I got it, I literally cycled through all nine. I didn't play all nine, but I just cycled through all the titles. You just want, see, yeah, you just want to see what you got. See what I got. And then there's a way to, um, and I love this feature, to hit a button and then make it a favorite so that once you're ready, you have like this other folder of the ones you really want to play. doesn't mean you can't play the other ones, whatever. So that's kind of what I was doing. I was cycling through and then like favoriting stuff I knew I liked or knew I wanted to play that I never played before, that kind of thing. Right. Um, and, and, but I, I, at one point, I actually felt my anxiety rising because it was just so overwhelming with how many. T- it's like, where do I fucking start with this thing? Like that's <laughs> it's crazy. It is so many game systems. Plus, and I don't remember if he told me about this up front, but he also included some arcade titles. So stuff that like if you went into the arcade and yeah, you yeah, those are on there too. Like so, there's. Like over Star a... Wars Arcade? No, that one's not on there. It's only a handful of arcade games, unfortunately. That's not one of them. But yeah, um, but, but it, it there's a lot of there is a lot of Star Wars. I was actually at one point looking for Knights of the Old Republic just because I've never played it. And I was like, "Fuck! If it's available and on here, then I'll get to play it." It's not, but yeah, it's a Microsoft. It's an Xbox game. But I have both Force Unleashed. Mm-hmm. I have. Oh, and then the fact that it's Xbox has nothing to do with it because he's got systems from all across the platforms on this oh, thing. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but I got both Force Unleashed. I've got uh all of them that were ever on Super Nintendo. So like Super Empire, Super Jedi. Right. Super, yeah. Right. I have Shadows of the Empire, which was the one for sixty four. I have oh. you name it. I I've there's there's a ridiculous amount of Star Wars. A under it's it's kind of a clunky game. It's a McClunky game. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Bounty Hunter was pretty entertaining I when th- I was a kid. I think I have that. I have to look. Yeah. So it's 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 kind of like it's it's PlayStation Two and like the camera. No, is then the I don't have. I, I only have one PS2 title on there. So, and it's not Star Wars. So yeah, I mean, okay, okay, tell you so. tell what you were saying, but I don't. I know it, I don't have that. So you play as Django Fett. Okay. And it's like right before you are approached to I, be cloned by Count I Dooku. Wonder, I wonder if it came out on, because I feel like I saw it. I wonder if it's on another, it might have been on other systems as well. It, as was, well. it was definitely on Xbox at one point. And I think it was too early for like Wii, but it may no, but have it been m- on it like. It might have been on GameCube though, because I feel like. Might have been on GameCube. And yeah. I have the entire GameCube library, so it might be on that one. So. So I, it's. It is like you fucking like having like a the flamethrower on your wrist, the two the nice. du- the dual blasters. You have a jetpack, and you can kind of punch it, but like it, there's like no map, so like you really got to f- pay attention where the fuck you're flying yeah. and where you're running around. But it is like a bounty game, so like you hunt down motherfuckers and I you can take I you can take them alive. With technology the way that it is now, and I'm sure that game is fine. I'm not. Did, but to make another one of those with Mando and have Pat Pedro Pascal voice that because <laughs> his voice look his his voice makes that character like that's you know oh, yeah. the way that it sounds. There was going to be there was a canceled Boba Fett game called like 
13 to 18 or something like that. Okay. And it was like a young Boba Fett, mm. like, and it got scrapped when Disney uh, purchased Lucasfilm. And then they instead, like, well, fuck Boba Fett, we're going to make our own Mandalorian thing. And then they were like, all right, well, people want Boba Fett, we'll go back to Boba Fett. So there's still possibility they may make a Boba Fett game. I'd rather but... have a Mando game at this point, honestly. <laughs> Or I, I mean, either or, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, no, just... I got you, I got you. Um, but yeah, no. So, so thank you to to Pansa Saren for that. That man, it, 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 it exceeds expectation for what I was asking for and what I was asked to provide financially for it. So, did you get the Lost Vikings on uh, Super Nintendo? I don't remember. I'll have to look. But I have that at anyway because I have um. Uh, Blizzard, who is the company that made Lost Vikings, put out a... I think we talked about this on an episode once. I got this thing called the Blizzard Arcade. It came out on PlayStation Store, like, I want to say six months ago or or a year ago at this point. And it came with uh, Lost Vikings, Rock and Roll Racing, Blackthorn, and, like, two other games for, like... Mm -hmm. I think I paid, like, $20 or $30 for it, but I feel like for all those games it was kind of worth it, so... Yeah, I brought up Lost Vikings because you periodically you and I have talked about it. We have. Like, that's yeah, just yeah, what, yeah. Yeah, that's one yeah. of those games that's like now part of the Potosque mythos. Yeah. Yeah. What uh but that's that. Um and then speaking of Potosque mythos, um, as we announced last episode, we have um joined forces with Proper Rumpus Media. Um and before it sounds like nepotism, I actually won a proper rumpus gift pack before we even had a discussion about it. Like, so did, did you, did you choke on his dick to get this or did you just straight up swallow? Swallow. Straight up. Okay. It's the best way. And if you get it to the back, you don't taste it. It's fine. Yeah. Um, you, you, don't, you don't want to gag on it. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Um, <laughs> but... you know, do you know that old joke? Like if there are a hundred dicks in the room, how many would you choke on? No. So what's your answer? Uh, I don't know. No, no. Like if there's a hundred dicks in a room and you, how many would you choke on? One. Oh wow, you're really fucking good at it then. Oh, <laughs> oh god. The, the usual answer is none. It's like oh wow, uh, you're. Well, a I, you made it sound like I had to pick a number, so it's where I well, got yeah, confused. The, the the most people be like, well, none. It's like oh well, you're a deep throat queen. Like oh jeez. Yeah. Um. But, uh, so I got a bunch of stuff, as you can, you can see, I'm wearing our proper rumpus, uh, t-shirt that I got. I am. It's pretty good quality, too. It, 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 when it's, it looks like a, just like an undershirt, but it's not. It's really kind of, kind of good quality cloth. I'm really mm-hmm. liking it. And then I got a fuck ton of stickers. Um, I got Jabba on the Teeb, I got proper, proper Rumpus Media, I got Scene in 15, I got, he made, he made variants on the Pot of Skew stickers that we have already, mm-hmm. um, didn't change anything about the logo, but like there's some holographic ones and there's some sparkly ones and uh, I don't know what that says, but I got that, got that, we- I got it. We're the, it's the Twilight edition. It is, know? yeah, the Twilight Potoskew. Um, I got a cool little fish like sculpture thing that he does. It's like a got a big spike on its head though. It's pretty badass. I got a keychain that's got our logo on one side and proper rumpus on the other side. Mm-hmm. I got a coffee mug that same thing. Like he and a fucking mouse pad. He sent me a goddamn mouse pad. So 
It's it's crazy, man. The amount of stuff that he can generate con- uh, material. And oh, and I, what I didn't, what I haven't mentioned yet is all this shit was like packed professionally. Like I, when I, I mean, like really, like you know, you ever order a t-shirt online? Have you ever ordered a t-shirt online? Oh, yeah. And yeah, it comes yeah. in like those vacuum sealed bag. Like it's in a package, but then when you open the package, the t-shirt's in a vacuum sealed bag. Yep. That's how I got my T-shirt. It was like that. The mug was same was wrapped in bubble wrap with stuffing inside. Like it was. He, you would have thought that we ordered from like T Public or something. Like that's how mm-hmm. well packaged this thing was. And then you put two sticker. You put you put a, a Potaskew sticker and a Rumpus Media sticker on either side of the box, so that when it when I picked up the box, I very much knew that it was mine. You know, right. So, because I live in an apartment with, you know, everyone gets boxes and deliveries and whatnot. So, Jabo, you are doing, you are not playing hard to get, my friend. No, you not, are, you not are at all. Easier than ever. <laughs> like, no, but, but, but again, at the sound of, of nepotism, I won this long before we, before I did the Jabology with him and I, before I did, uh, before we agreed to kind of team up. So right. I was getting this regardless and it just, you know, it, it's sweet in the pot now that we're all kind of working together. So it, you know, made it nice, but uh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you to Jabo and Sean because they both, they both work yeah. on it. So thank you to both you guys. And, and I, uh, I, I'm team by, and team by proxy because, you know, there's no Jabo and team without team. So, you know, true. Um, but uh, I'm looking forward to to seeing what kind of work we can do with them. It'll be fun, and I'm looking forward to having them on our show some more. And and us being there's talk of us being on scene in 15, which I think is mm-hmm. going to be really fucking difficult for us. Yeah, it's not going to be in 15. It'll be 15 hours. No, no, no. Do you know the concept of the show or no? Remind me. You watch 15 minutes of a movie and then cut and then come on and discuss based on the 15 minutes what you think is going to happen and whether or not you want to watch the rest of the movie. Is this a movie that like everybody has to be blind going in or like are you allowed to be like, well, I know where it goes or you have to Uh, pretend like, oh, I have no idea. Of the episodes that I've heard, it's a little unclear to me. So I will need Jabo or and or Nashan to to clarify that for us. But I I know like, for example, Hustle, the Adam Sandler movie Mm -hmm. uh, was one of the ones I, I listened to and neither of them had seen it all the way through. So they in that one, they were both going in blind and mm-hmm. what was real funny was me having seen the whole movie i'm hearing their predictions about what's coming and i'm like no <laughs> no no not at all so I, I i don't know what the rules are in terms of we all have to go into a blind or if a couple people can go in blind some people can know because they also did fight club and i'm afraid to fucking listen to that one like i'm i'm, I'm almost refusing to do that one so I mean, like, I think even like Brad Pitt doesn't show up until like around fifteen minutes. So I like, don't, yeah, if I don't he doesn't remember. show up, it's just like, oh, it's Edward Norton bitching about like his his fucking yuppie life. Right. Yeah. So I mean, you you should listen and tell me, but I'm afraid because like apparently they they either vote they, they vote to continue watching it or to just stop at the fifteen minutes and never like watch the rest of it. Mm. And if they say that about Fight Club, it's gonna hurt my soul on multiple levels. So I'm I don't. Think I want to hear that, just in case. So uh, you, you know, you, you're not supposed to talk about it, man. You're broke. Yeah, the first yeah I'm sorry. Months. Shit. Yeah, my bad. My bad. So now, 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 Project Mayhem's gonna come kill me. Um, 
His name so, is Robert Paulson. Yeah, right. Uh, that's still the funniest thing about me, Lo death. Is like everyone, including me, tributing in that way. And then the voice actor, Robert Paulson, was like, hey, fuckers, I'm still alive. Right. They were adding him. It's just yeah. like, dude, he's fucking Yakko. Leave him alone. Actually, I think he's Brain. Oh, he's Yakko, too. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. But he, I, he's, I always. He's Pinky. I thought he was Brain. No, uh, Brain is uh, Maurice LaMarche. Oh, okay. Okay. My bad. Um, so, but anyway. That's that's all I wanted to say, but I wanted to give I wanted to give both Aaron and Jabo some love because they really both hooked me up this week in very different ways, and I'm very happy about both of them. So, pantsless Jabo, good job, guys. There you go, pantsless Jabo. Yeah, I imagine that's how he does a lot of things. I'm I'm very glad that I can only see him from like the neck up when yeah, I... we do communicate. <laughs> right. Um. But we mentioned on the uh, the top here, we started talking uh, uh, McConaughey and, and Leo. And so should we start with that one or should we start with the other one? I would prefer to start with Boiler Room. So for, okay. we're doing we're doing basically the uh, a deep dive of Jordan Belfort to go with the Wall Street movies that we talked about last week. Uh, Boiler Room came out in 2000. And then the more popular, more well-known is The Wolf of Wall Street. Boiler Room is loosely, and I really stress that, loosely I, based on Jordan Belfort, whereas Wolf of Wall Street's more of a direct biopic. I, I I would disagree with you on Wolf about being a direct biopic. Is it more so than Boiler Room? For sure. No argument there. But even, I, I, did, I did a bunch of research after the movie and like, and even even Scorsese and I also watched that thing. And even Scorsese and Leo said they they didn't like flat out depict everything. So there's a whole bunch of stuff that they 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 really focused on like the 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 more intense moments of Belfort's of Jordan's life through that time period. You know. Yeah, they had to change a lot of names and shit. Well, now, like, not, even, yeah, the names what? I'm not so concerned with, but I'm just saying even. There were huge chunks of time where all this insanity you see in Wolf of Wall Street wasn't happening, apparently. Mm-hmm. Like, so, and even Scorsese and Leo say that in the thing that I watched, you know. Right. But Boiler Room. Um, Boiler Room's a movie I've loved for years and had no idea, had anything to do with. I didn't even know who Jordan Belfort was mm-hmm. until Wolf of Wall Street. And even then. Until you, I think it was you told me it was based on a true story, you know. It it was inspired by. Or inspired by, yes. That's what I'm saying about not being a biopic. It's inspired by, for sure, you know. when When I first made the connection or found out that Boiler Room was at least inspired by Jordan Belfort. Oh, you meant boy. Okay, I thought you meant. Sorry, go ahead. You know, Boiler Room is 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 loosely inspired by Jordan Belfort. But when I I didn't know that at the time, and when I found it out, I rewatched it, and I was like, "This is as this is less about Jordan Belfort and more about like if they made a whole movie about before they." had the giant fucking uh, Stratton Oakmont fucking office and they were just still in that garage, basically. That's what this movie would kind of be about. No, and that's it. That is it. That's exactly. And actually, I would argue maybe even the beginnings of Stratton Oakmont after they go from the garage to the first office. Like, that's probably where the attachment to Boiler Room stops, you know? Right. 
you know, but you, you could theoretically watch boiler room and then like ignore the ending and then just like view it as a prequel in a roundabout way. Yeah. It's, no, it's... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because, cause the, where, where it starts getting different and it, at least from what the, the information we have available to us is like Seth Davis is not a factor in what actually happens to Jordan in any capacity. You know what I mean? Well, I was really confused because like, if this is loosely inspired by Jordan Belfort, automatically you assume that Giovanni Ribisi is uh, the Seth Davis character is supposed to be Jordan Belfort, but he is as far away from Jordan Belfort. No, as I, you really I always, he's, he's, it's not, it's not, he's not playing Jordan. I always took it as Michael Brantley. Um, Tom was Thomas Ian Scott. What is his fucking name? I'm blanking. The, the, no, Thomas Ian Scott's the dude from, yeah, um, yeah, I know he's the guy. Yeah. That's the guy from No, American Scott pie. is one of them, but no. So Thomas Ian Nicholas is American pie. Scott is the name I, of. The I have the dude. cast list here. Why don't I just fucking look at the, it like the an dude idiot? That thing you do. Yeah, that's yeah. not Giovanni Ribisi. That's not Giovanni. Yeah. Well, they're both in it. No, you're you're, you're not wrong. It's just funny that you said it that way. Um, where is he? God damn it! How is he not on the? The Tom Everett Scott is that? Yeah, what yeah it that's is? it. Tom Everett Scott. So I had two of the. I had two of the three right. I yeah. gave him the wrong middle name. The Tom Everett Scott character is Jordan Belfort. That's and he's and he's not at all what how Leo portrays him. No, 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 not at all. But what he is is the he's the he, boss. He's the boss. He that's what I'm saying. Like he he's he's post garage pre like insane like huge firm. He's that in between time. If we're comparing it to to Wolf of Wall Street, like that's that it's, time period. In terms of comparison, in terms of like <clears throat> character comparisons, it's almost like uh, Giovanni Ribisi is playing like Rugrat from Wolf of Wall Street because he's no. on a low level. No, I, I I can't. You know what he is? He's the motherfucker that Donnie eats like his goldfish. That's that's who he is playing. <laughs> Which, by the way, is. Well, and we'll talk about it when we get there. But the, the 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 cast in that movie is ridiculous. Even that guy. Do you know who that guy? That's the guy from Silicon Valley. I've never seen an episode of Silicon Valley. He and and now uh, there's a sitcom on. I think it's CBS called Be Positive that he's on, and it's yeah never that guy that guy did really really well for himself after this movie. Like a lot, yeah. Wolf of Wall Street has has a very decent cast, but oh, it's I, it's one of the most star studded casts I've ever seen in one film. I am still reeling how Vin Diesel was probably one of my favorite characters of Boy. Oh, he's Rome. great in that movie. He is. Although I will tell you this, and, and he is. I'm not not discrediting because I agree with you, but the guy who steals the fucking movie is. Affleck. Affleck for Affleck. sure. <laughs> Affleck. Affleck was the bomb in Boiler Room, yo. Like, forget <laughs> Phantoms. Like, he's he's crazy good in this movie. He is channeling uh, Alec Baldwin from Glenn Gary Glenn Ross so effectively well. Like, you haven't seen that movie, but when you watch it, there's Alec Baldwin. I recommended like, him for this, and you were like, nah. <laughs> I oh I said like I have to rewatch it, but like light to to signal to like find out if it fits in this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, at some point we'll inevitably talk about it, but like I haven't. It's been a long time since I've seen sure. it, but 
Alec Baldwin is the Ben Affleck of that movie where he just like gives a whole fucking speech like ABC, always be closing yeah. and coffees yeah. for closers. And you can absolutely fucking tell because like Ben Affleck at one point, one, one of the characters says like, have you seen Glenn, Gary, Glenn Ross? Like blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, What's yeah. he stand for? So like, it's very much like, we know what we're referencing. We know what we're yeah. like homaging. That was Nikki uh, Cat, by the way. That those, says that. Nick, those what? Nikki Cat, the Greg, the the guy he yeah. re- that Seth reports to. I didn't like him, and not You're that not I supposed to like. He's not no, the no, character. No, no, like his like. acting. Oh, I I I like Nikki Cat. I've been a fan of his for a while. He he's he's in a bunch of things. He I first saw him on uh, uh, a short lived Fox show. I think it went three seasons called Boston Public. It's about a high school in Boston. Okay. Uh, Kai McBride is on it. Um, the guy, I don't know his name, and I'm, I'm going kind of deep cuts, but try to follow me here. The guy that plays the principal of the college, the opposing college in Accepted. Kai McBride. I know who that is. No, no, that's not Kai. I'm talking about Kai McBride's a big black dude. That's not who I'm talking about right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Think of it. Remember when we did Accepted? Yeah. Remember the principal that was trying to shut down the one that yeah. that guy is in the show with Kai and Nikki Cat and a bunch of other people. Um, okay. That's the Boston Public show, and he's a teacher. I think he's a math teacher, and he ends up having an affair with a student by the end of the show, which is a thing. But, you know. Right. Um, I'm uh, trying to see if I saw Nikki Cat in He's also else. in Dark Knight. He's in the Dark Knight. He is? Yep. It's a brief role, but he's there. I'm trying to find it for you right now, but he's he's in the Dark Knight. Oh yeah, he's shotgun squat. Yeah. He's the guy he's the guy sitting next to Gordon driving around when he's like, get us out of here, and that's not oh, good. Uh-huh. That's not good. That's Nikki Cat. And I, I knew that because I recognize his voice. He's got a very distinct voice. For me, anyway. I thought I recognized him in um in the movie Blow. But uh, he's not in it, which is weird because there's a motherfucker who looks just like him, but has like a thick Colombian accent. And ironically, he's in Knights of the Old Republic too. I you beat me by a second. <laughs> um, but yeah, he he's been in a bunch of stuff. But he's a character actor, and actually, it looks like he was in Phantoms with with fucking Affleck. Affleck yeah. So, um, Affleck but, apparently like pushed for Damon to be Seth, but then Damon was like. Uh no, I'm gonna do Born Identity instead. Which like, good for you, Damon, for choosing the right fucking thing. Well, that and I also don't. With all respect to Damon, I think you would have looked too old for the role. You needed someone younger looking, and Giovanni <coughs> looked the right the right age for the part, in my opinion. That that's true, but I also think he probably would have been compared to like his his Rounders gig because it would have been a similar enough yeah. role. Yeah, and Rounders were before this, if I recall. Right, so yeah, right. uh, by a couple years. So I'm sure he was no, just like, no, nah, like I'm going to become think, an action star. I think Rounders was 99. It wasn't that far back. I thought it was 98, but it, it's okay. It is what it is. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I think Giovanni Rabisi was the perfect, um, the perfect role for that. For the majority of the film, I agree with you. I'm not a big Giovanni Ribisi fan. Yeah, um, I'm, a, I'm a bigger fan than you are. I know that. He, yeah, you definitely are. Um, when he does comedy, he does it very well. Like I think he's creepy and funny in like Ted 
as an example. Oh God, I forgot he was in that. Yeah. And he's in uh, a million ways to die in the West. And he's more, he's more hysterical in that than he is in Ted. And Ted, he's just creepy and awkward. Um, he's the, he's the Steve Buscemi of Seth MacFarlane films. Is sounds like he's Steve Buscemi of all films, as far as I'm concerned at this point. Okay, I mean he he, I'm not even going to go into his like personal life and shit, but like you know he's a diehard Scientologist and oh like, that's know. right I forgot about that yeah 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 um but that is what it is he is very good at effectively playing creepy kind of morbid characters <laughs> now we know where he gets it from um uh, yeah <laughs> um. That being said, I didn't particularly like his performance when he is crying to his dad. Yeah, I it's a little that, weird. Yeah, yeah. It, did, it looked like he was overacting as a crier, which is a hard thing to do. So I'm not giving him too much shit. Yeah, but it, yeah, he was. I think he was struggling to get the tears flowing. And yeah, I agree. There's an old acting thing like don't fake tears. Like but, just. But I but I love the scene. My favorite scene in the whole thing, well, not the whole thing, but one of my favorite scenes. It's, it's up there. I don't know if it's my favorite scene because those Affleck scenes are so good. But yeah, but is when he's sitting at home on a Saturday morning eating breakfast and he gets the cold call for the the Daily News and and he kind of teaches the kid how to sell him the new the, the the newspaper, and it's a great scene. And then <laughs> in the end, he's like, "So you're gonna buy one?" He goes, "No, I already get the Times." Click. <laughs> Yeah, I 100% agree. That is that is definitely where, for the first time, you see Giovanni uh, shine. Yeah. Because before, you get the fact that he's intelligent because he has his own casino in his fucking apartment. Yeah, oh, that, that character is very intelligent, for sure. He's very intelligent, but then, like, he has to be the novice, you know, learning the ropes. And, sure. and you know, when, when you have, like, Vin Diesel and fucking Ben Affleck barking orders at you you're supposed to, i mean when jamie candy has more fucking balls as a character do you know i didn't realize that was him till this viewing meaning i i recognized him way back when i saw it the first time because i knew him from scream and shit okay and every fucking thing else he's been in but i had for completely forgotten he was in this and then he fucking disappears at one point like he's really just like only yeah in it. yeah i was thought that that too it's it's right after the scene I think it's right after the scene in the restaurant in the city with the with the 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 gay guys that they get in the argument with. That's the last time you see him. I'm right. pretty sure. Well, I think chronologically it would be at the beginning of the film, which is set towards the end of the film. Well, yeah, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I want cocaine. So maybe he just overdosed. Maybe that's what happened. He just got too much fucking cocaine and died. But I was like, I, I, and I'm like, you know what made me realize it was him? You're gonna find this fucking hysterical. I was watching deleted scenes after I watched the movie for the umpteenth time because I've seen it a bunch. This is one of those few movies that we've talked about. Like I could have probably not watched it and right. and did it, but uh, you know me, I don't like to do that even mm -hmm. if I could. So I still watched it. But after that, I watched. Uh, there's not many extras on the DVD. It's just just deleted scenes, really. And so mm -hmm. I watched them, and one of them is. When they're going to the city to celebrate Seth getting the series seven, uh -huh. and do you remember when um, it's it's Seth and Chris Vin Vin Diesel's character in the truck waiting for Greg to come out and they're talking or whatever, and then 
and then uh, Greg kicks him to the back seat, and it cuts, and next thing you see, they're in the restaurant, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a scene of them all driving to said restaurant. Mm-hmm. And apparently, from what I can tell, the director just let Jamie Kennedy go. It was just like, stay in character, but say whatever the fuck you want. And right. so there's just reel after reel after reel of Jamie Kennedy as the character saying some shit that's like, what? And then I, I, he finally said something, and I'm like, that sounds like Jamie Kennedy. Like, it, it, it was something, he, and then I looked it up, and sure enough, yeah, so... Jamie Kennedy, like, I've always been a fan of him as Randy from the Scream films. Which, because yeah. Um, he's less on your radar in that context, but, like, he, that was, like, his big thing. Sure. For, like, the concept of Randy, he is, he represents the movie fan going to see Scream. So, like, every time there's a movie reference, it's more from him than other people. I mean, there's a lot of movie references throughout the whole film. Right. But, and that's what, I mean, I don't particularly think he's a great bucket actor, and I'm sure he well, would probably agree. Yeah, he, he's more of a comedian than a than an actor. I, I've seen him do stand-up as well, and I mean, there was literally a whole thing he did, like a whole set he did, where he had, he, had, he has like two women friends of his that can queef on command. It was just literally him having them queef on stage with a mic up against their hoo-ha. Well... One of the funniest like, things I've ever seen him in, he and I, I, mean, I know I played this for you once. It's um, he did this thing for Bob Saget for the opening. He does rolling with Saget, like it's him and this actual rapper, and it's the funniest fucking thing on the planet. I that love is that. really fucking funny. I will give you that. It's just it's so surprising how he's in this film kind of intermittently, and you think he's going to be a big character, and then he just disappears. But that being said. Well, I think he, this has got one of the most disappointing endings. He is kind of a big character, though, in some ways, because he's he's the thing that facilitates Seth getting into the firm. You know, true, but you think something, but then he just disappears. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Scott Kahn had more of an impact. That guy, than- dude, he's. It, it's funny because it's been a couple of years since I've watched Boiler Room all the way through. He's a hard watch in this movie. Like he's supposed to be. So like I'm not I'm not saying anything on Scott's yeah, performance. The character is just despicable though. Yeah. Yeah. And and unfortunately, the majority of the Scott Con roles I've seen him do, it's hard to it's hard to acknowledge that him in Ocean's Eleven is the nicest. <laughs> Yeah. You've ever seen him? He he's not terrible in Gone in sixty seconds. Like he's not okay. he's not. But you're right. He he's not like the lovable guy. He, like he's not the guy yeah. that you. Have, but he's but he's not in, in Gone in sixty seconds. He's he's like he might actually be a step above Oceans in terms of the intensity. He's a pretty like right level character. He doesn't get real amped up or energized you know so it is definitely like it, it is no surprise that scott con is james con's son yeah right exactly and you yeah. see it so fucking prevalently yeah. in, in fucking boiler room like he basically pulls a sunny a couple times couple times but yeah. like beats the shit out of a dude who's like just happened to be walking by and bumped into fucking nikki cat like well, no you know what though? That guy. Let me let's talk about that guy cuz Listen, the, the I'm guy not, got the shit kicked out of him? Yeah, I think he kind of earned it. Honestly. 
He it, got he fucking he bumps they, into Nikki Cat and and at no point in my opinion maybe you'll disagree with this did uh, like because at one point after he bumps into Greg Greg just kind of stares at him but he doesn't in my opinion stare at him like hey man what the fuck like he's staring at him like oh shit really it's kind of like an oh shit stare all the way through and then the guy just unprompted says to him stop staring and just apologize even though the guy actually bumps into him right you know and then now does does scott Kahn's character take it way over the top for fucking sure but yeah. you know like this i've i've dealt with dickheads like that that are like they they've gotten in my way or whatever and kind of been like you're gonna apologize you know and me being sure. the short disabled guy i'm like yeah my bad you know despite the fact that i know it wasn't my doing you know just because i don't need the ass beating right so the difference is that the guy turned to walk away and scott con fucking like sucker punched him and grabbed no, no. him and threw him outside Rich, richie took it as like wait no no i'm not saying that i'm telling you though that the guy was kind of a jerk to begin with oh he was a know? total jerk i'm not disagreeing with that but did he do, like it's no, just I'm, you watch I'm, like this. The whole reason for this scene is to show that cocaine and testosterone just don't fucking I guess, work. I guess my point is though that just to tie that off real quick, it's not like the guy bumps into Greg and and goes and just walks away. Like he's kind of a jerk about it. You know what I mean? Like he, he's an egotistical asshole. I I would say Richie was a hundred percent in the wrong if the guy had bumped into Greg and just kept walking or had right. said you know my bad and kept walking and then richie just because he bumped into his friend and said decided to beat the shit out of him then 100 percent richie's in the wrong you know but mm -hmm. this guy had a little bit of a i'm mean, not to that level but definitely a bit of you know i i i don't blame him on that one a little bit you know i i no i mean again it's to show like how crazy is scott con and it's like well he's crazy in every fucking movie yeah like yeah even i mean dude he's on entourage and he's basically playing the exact same type of character without the fist fights but it's the same like scott con for all i know he could be fucking six foot i don't think he is no i think he's like dude, five i think he's our height honestly i, I think he, he might be our height like let's say for the for he is five six or five seven he also looks like he could be five two but like has that fucking chip on his shoulder type five, of thing. five so he's right around on our height right yeah but he he looks more diminutive and is ready to throw down with everybody yep like yep. he he and we get it we're both fucking you know short guys but like he, for some like I don't know how the fuck, I think he's five foot five. But he, him himself is actually five foot three, and his hair is an extra two fucking inches. Stop it! Stop it! Have you seen that dude's hair? I've also seen him with no hair because he shaves it in the second oceans and never grows a back. Then the two, two and three, it's short hair. That dude has like late nineties Timothy Oliphant hair. Well, so does Jamie Kennedy. And cascades down. So does Jamie Kennedy when he's not in this movie. Like I always got Jamie Kennedy and Seth Green confused for years because they had the same look for a while. That being said, Seth Green is the biggest asshole on Entourage. He plays himself, and it's just he gets into a fucking fight with the with the with the guys at one point. It's pretty uh, funny. Yeah. So, um, Giovanni Ribisi, like I, as Seth, you're watching it and. I, I'm not going to lie. There were times where I felt for his character um, 
due to the relationship with him and his father. Oh yeah, that's it, his dad's awful. His yeah. dad's awful, but like you see, there is a bridge of a relationship at the very end. Yeah, yeah. But I still don't like the fucking ending of this movie. I'm not saying it's a bad ending. I'm saying it's missing a scene. Okay, it so ends when shit is like about to go down. You're like, what the fuck? Well, yeah. I mean, you, you what? It kind of picks up. It, it ends where the scene in Wolf of Wall Street, despite the fact that I say the time frame is different, and when the FBI bursts in and you see them start coming through and arresting fuckers, like that's kind of mm-hmm. where it picks up. There's a there's a entirely alternate ending, though. I don't know if you've seen it or not. I've heard about it. I, I didn't have a chance to see it, but I know all about it. I I've actually watched it and can tell you that. Well, I I don't have a fundamental problem with the ending. If that was the ending they went with, it would have been okay, like mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, for the audience, though, the ending, the alternate ending, is um, uh, uh, Seth gets the call to start the transfer of the data. Does that, and he ha- he writes the note out that he hands to Chris. But instead of we never see what's written on the note. And in in the original ending, it's presumed that he says like, meet me in the stairwell or whatever. Right. In the alternate take, he hands him the note and immediately, you know, the scene after the stairwell where you see Chris like packing the FedEx stuff into his briefcase and trying to make it out of the building. He, it immediately shows that. So Mm -hmm. the stairwell scene never happens. And, Seth is moving, walking out of the building as he does, um, walks past Abby, completely ignores her like he does in the, in the original, or not ignore, he looks at her, but with that look like, fuck off, and then keeps right. going. The difference is he runs into Her- Harry, Harry, mm-hmm. in the parking lot, who is carrying a gun. Mm-hmm. And they bump into each other, and Harry actually drops the gun. But it's in like a case, so you don't know that he's got the gun. And mm-hmm. Seth hands it to him, and there's a voiceover where he he talks about I, I, I never did get Harry his money back, and I I feel bad about that. I think about him frequently. I, I hope he gets the house. I hope he eventually did get the house. It's a shame, though. I'd probably bump into him and never even know it. And then black is where, and that's where it cuts. Right. So I kind of like that ending. I mean, it like, was good. It was good. It was alternate, but I liked it. There's a way to like kind of combine everything where like he gets Chris to fucking I do love, the right yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Because at this point he's like, dude, we're all going to jail. You might as well do something right. Blah, blah, blah. And you could have that and still have I mean, Harry doesn't fucking know. Harry's mm-hmm. like, I'm just gonna blow you fuckers away. Yep. I mean, it, it's a very morose, dark ending. But that's that's unfortunately what was lacking in Wolf of Wall Street, and I'll I'll say it this much: Wolf of Wall Street doesn't really show any of the victims that were fucked over by Jordan Belfort no, and Brian no. Which I have to agree because there have been victims that have come forward and been like, "You guys glorify this motherfucker. Like you you didn't show what the irreparable fucking damage he did to our families. You know, it's funny because Scorsese and Leo both said in the thing that I watched that they went out of their way not to glorify him, not to not to degrade, not to put him down either, just to tell the the story and let as is, yeah, and let people 
come to their own conclusions, you know. I, I, I agree that Scorsese and Leo didn't intend to, but the because I saw Wolf of Wall Street in theaters, mm. and I actually was working at another movie theater when it when we when we got it. And I w- I didn't see it then. I saw it, you know, some- with someone else at a different theater, you know, same time frame. The amount of cheering for the debauchery that was happening in that fucking movie, like, great example. And I read this, this was confirmed, but this also happened when I saw it. When Leo fucking, like, is sober for however long he is and then has his fucking bitch fit when, you know, he fights with uh, Naomi. And then he, like, cuts up a fucking couch and finds like a stash of coke and i shit you not the audience fucking cheered it's like we're not into him being a good person we want to see him get as fucked up as possible it's a lot like last episode with gordon gecko people you know like i you know when when i was prepping that release and getting the damn it together there were a lot of videos on youtube of michael douglas in interviews going people are praising gordon gecko and they shouldn't be like they don't get it you shouldn't be praising this guy and it's so i don't blame the filmmakers for the way they told the story in my opinion because i feel the same way about the wall street films right Mm -hmm. is they didn't glorify gordon i don't feel like they glorified jordan what your problem is that most people don't understand or were too focused on the lavishness of what mm-hmm. those two characters or those two people, I, you know, I'm, I'm it's, a, it's a balance because Gordon's not real and Jordan is, but you know, mm-hmm. Jordan Gecko, Jordan Gecko, yeah, um, that lavishness they don't realize, you know, mm-hmm. that. That all comes at a really huge price, and not just the FBI knocking on your door and possibly going to jail. It's all the other stuff, the fucking right. over these people. And and to the point of Boiler Room and the ending we did get, mm-hmm. you know, Seth, you know, even before the FBI grabbed him, he was working on a way to fix that for Harry. At least that that's my interpretation. Like, he, he didn't do that because he got snatched up by the FBI. He did that because it's he he realized how wrong it was and what the fuck was going on. Like that was my yes, take. He wanted out. Yeah, he wanted out and he wanted to fix it for for Harry before he he left, you know. And the whole idolizing Gordon Gecko is, is pretty fucking rampant in Boiler Room. I mean, they literally are watching Wall the, Street and and quoting it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they're all taking turns, be like delivering their own fucking, you know. Actually, Vin Diesel does a good job. Yeah, actually, at one point, um, Greg, Nikki, Cat, like it's right after Bud says something. Bud says his line, and mm-hmm. someone else goes to say something else that's not one of the lines. Just say, just say something, and he goes, "Shut up, Gecko's on." Right, like you know, they they you're right. They they idolize that guy, and that's not the right person to be idolizing actually there's really nobody to idolize on wall street because bud fox is pretty terrible too we talked about that last, that episode but you know i mean the worst thing that comes from wall street the movie 
is the fact that people watched it and were like, I want to be like Gordon Gecko. And then we had this whole fucking like there would not have been a Jordan Belfort to that excess. There would not have been a boiler room to that excess of like clinging on to the greed is good campaign. Yeah, I don't Would Jordan I, Belfort have like tried to fuck people over. I don't know, because in the very when he first starts out, everybody else corrupts him and then yeah. he becomes the ultimate corrupter. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It, it, I Listen, do I think things like the movie Wall Street helped? Not at all. But do I think it's the sole reason? No. People have been greedy long before that movie was made. You know, I, I agree. But if you're ever going to have like a, you know, a devil in a fucking business suit. It's Gordon, Gordon Gecko. fucking man. Yeah, oh yeah. No, no, no doubt about it. I even said that I compared it to uh, Devil's Advocate and yeah. Damn Anki. So I, I, I get what you're saying. Um, but I, ju- and I now, just... Now, Jordan Belford is the fucking poster boy for that. Like, uh, you could almost, like, you can tell, oh, you can watch Wall Street and, like, it's iconic. But if you really want to see what greed and debauchery fucking really looks like, watch Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Yeah, um, there's so much debauchery in that fucking movie. But that you know that aside, the scene where they are watching Wall Street is pretty fun scene. I like, I dig that scene quite a bit as well. You know, and maybe because it's my love for the movie, despite the fact that I don't idolize Gordon, because right. I I realize that, but I still <laughs> I still love that movie. I still think it's a great movie. You know, right. I like Gordon as a as a a villain. You know, mm-hmm. and do I want? Listen, there's things about Gordon and Jordan Belford that are okay to idolize. You know what I mean? Like to want to want to have that lifestyle is not a bad thing. Right. To want to get there the way that they did is the bad, bad thing. Yeah. You know, so yeah. you know there's certain things about their lifestyle. Now, Jordan more less so than Gordon. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. Not that, you know, Gordon was a, you know, a, a great family man, but compared to Jordan, he looks like a fucking angel. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And also, like, we, there's never a scene where it shows Gordon, like, doing a bunch of blow and drugs. No. There's, At the there's, most, he's a fucking martini scotch guy, you know? Yeah, and there's one scene of him not even doing anything, but there's that scene talking with Darian about, you know, you want to go get a hotel room like we used to, you know? Right. but you don't actually ever see him like with somebody else that way. Right. I mean, Gordon's drug of choice is greed. It's well, money. And, and it's funny because Jordan says that in one of the, the fourth wall conversations. In the, like, yeah. In the opening scenes. Yeah. He, yeah. but that being said, I think he's, he's more addicted to drugs than he is to money. He, he likes money, but at some point I, it's like, I, I would, I would disagree. I think he's equally, Addicted to money, drugs, alcohol, and sex. Like, I would say all four equal levels of addiction, just in different directions, you know? Oh, fuck. He he absolutely had an out, too. Like, he could have just walked the fuck away, and he just burned himself. Do you know how, like, how we got Wolf of Wall Street, like, the book and the movie? Do you know what happened? I don't know. I don't think so. He he did go to jail. Yes, I knew that. And his fucking cellmate was Tommy Chong from Cheech and Chong. Of course it was. And he's the motherfucker who's like, hey, man, like, you should, like, write a book, man. Like, that was what happened. Like, he encouraged him to write about his fucking life. 
so like Tommy Chong is the one who kind of like got Jordan Belfort like life around, which is really fucking funny. Yeah, it's funny. Um, Wolf of Wall Street's one of those books that I'm like, I really kind of am curious to read it, but like I'm afraid to read it. Like why? Because of what is not put in the movie. Because apparently there are like there's shit like Scorsese and Leo were like we can't put that in the fucking movie. Well, are actually, you crazy? Apparently, I don't know how much you read in. I know you usually do your research, but like what I saw was originally it got in an NT17 rating, and then Scorsese cut it back to get it to, to the R. Uh, yes and no, but they were able to push the boundaries anyways because they had they produced the film independently. It was not a studio film. Right, so, but they still have to get a rating from the MPAA. They still have to get a rating, but which is like, fuck, man. I've heard, like, Kevin Smith has gone through so much bullshit with the MPAA. Trey Parker and Matt Stone have mm-hmm. gone through so much mm-hmm. with that. And it's like, then you watch Wolf of Wall Street, like, well, what the fuck did they cut out? Two words that, that explains all that, though. What? Martin Scorsese. I mean, that that's, that's it. I mean, like, you're... You know, with all respect to Kevin Smith and and Matt and Trey, you know, like they they've all had their own established careers and have done very well for themselves, you know. And and despite Kevin making jokes about being a Z Z list celebrity, that's not the case. Maybe right. he's not a list, but he certainly has earned his stripes at this point. Let's let's be real about it, you know. Um, is he Scorsese? No, and I'm not even trying to imply that. And that's kind of my point, you know. What I mean, like. Scorsese is up there with like Spielberg could have made the same fucking movie and gotten away with it. I mean, Spielberg, Spielberg fucking was a was a I, uh, yeah, guest director. I, I saw, even though he doesn't actually have any credit on it, but yeah, I I saw that. But that's my point is like that group that 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 you know to use a term that that fits into your world that Rat Pack of directors, you know, yeah. Lucas Scorsese. Uh, Cop- Coppola, Spielberg, they they're yeah. they're basically untouchable at this point. They can do whatever the fuck they want. You know what I mean? And I know that when De Palma fucking made the movie Untouchables, he should just like cast all his friends, like you know Lucas Scorsese. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but for real, they 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 can pretty much do whatever they want, short of like you know, I don't know, assassinating a president on camera. Like I don't know, like you you know like. They can do pretty much whatever and get away with it in terms of like, okay, this is gonna pass. This is gonna go to theaters, you know, with with an acceptable yeah. rating, you know, th- depending on what you determine acceptable. But you know, for sure. I mean, I would argue that Spielberg, out of all of them, has the most clout. Oh. Scorsese, I would say, is right underneath him. Lucas, when he still owned Lucasfilm. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking at their peaks. Yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah. Coppola, not as much now. And De Palma hasn't really done anything. No, but again, significant at, in at, a very long time. But at the, in the 70s, the old golden, the new auteur way of filmmaking in the 70s, absolutely. They were all fucking best buddies. Brian De Palma wrote the fucking crawl, the opening crawl for yeah. Star Wars. Like, it was, I, that was his fucking idea. I would say still to this day, you're right, they're not around as much, but because they're in that group and because they're a part of that collective, De Palma, Coppola, and Lucas to this day could still get away with it. I honestly believe that. I think they might have a, maybe more of a struggle because Spielberg could probably just be like, here you go. And they're like, all right, you know, and, and Scorsese, right. just because he is Scorsese, 
let's watch it once first. You know what I mean? You know, but we don't, for the most we don't part, need another Irishman. But for the most part, it's like here, you know, here's your rating. Have a nice day. You know, right. and whereas like a Kevin or Matt and Trey or some other unknown director, you know, they're going to struggle fighting the MPAA for a rating. For sure. And and when they were fighting with the MPAA, it was like mostly for comedic jokes and shit. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. I mean, they had to, I think Kevin had to like really fucking fight over like Clerks 2 during like. The Donkey Show. Yeah. The Donkey Show. Yeah. And it's like, then like, what, seven years later, Wolf of Wall Street comes out where it's like, at that point, you're like. Well, where is the donkey show? We yeah. know these motherfuckers were fucking donkeys in the fucking boardroom. Like, wh- where is that scene? Yeah. yeah. That's what I also read is there was a lot of like, not so much as bestiality shit that was happening. Like the, the, the amount of decadence that you don't see, but is like basically implied. Like there's a lot of animals running around this movie to the point where like even fucking, I mean, I know PETA fucking like bitches about every fucking movie where there has an animal. But like apparently the fucking the the chimp that Leo is holding and it's like rolling around on roller skates like apparently was mistreated. The goldfish, yeah, apparently the the goldfish got more fucking uh was more well treated than the chimp on set. Okay, it's such a weird thing. Like we're talking about a fucking organization where like they literally praised the Jurassic Park movies for being like, thank you for not using real animals. Right, because there's fucking dinosaurs around, you fucking assholes. Like, I look, I believe in animals, like, having some fucking rights and not treating them cruelly, but, like, sure. you, you are digging your own fucking, like, grave when you're I, like, you know, thank you, Colin Trevorrow, for not using real dinosaurs in the movie. Like, shut the fuck up. I mean, I mean, you know, they probably <laughs> hated World Dominion because I think that actually mixes with real animals at some point. So, you know, like, Jesus. How dare Colin Trevorrow fucking have all these animals next to an active volcano? It's like, do you guys not know what a movie is? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, or I guess I'm assuming we're done with Boiler Room then, I guess. I mean, I, I really don't have a whole lot more to say. I enjoyed the film. I think it's a good film. Yeah. I The ending was a bit abrupt, and it's like you want more for what's going to happen. Um, I thought the relationships were with his father and his and uh, and himself were were well done. It was heartbreaking to watch. Um, the thing the thing I hated about the father is he just automatically assumed the worst, right? Like, mm. you know, he's a judge. He's I well, mean, he literally, he's a judge character. No, no, I get that, but I'm saying like, you know, yeah, the casino was illegal, but. But to the point of the character even says it in in the at one point, he did a good job running it. It had it had you know payrolls, and he was he, he was running like a real business. Like if he had actually taken the initiative and somehow got the capital to actually open it in like Atlantic City, I bet you it would have been a very successful casino. Like you know probably, what I mean? Like probably. Um, you know, at the same time when he goes over to JT Marlin. Especially in the beginning, when he like what I what I remember is the the scene where they're having dinner, not when mm-hmm. not when he finds out about the casino, but the one after he gets the job at JT, and he's like, oh, "I'm a trainee, and I'm learning the ropes." And he 
he genuinely believes that at that point. Like, he's not lying to his father. He's not making up some bullshit to make him have... He doesn't know anything about what's going on at that point. If you think about the time, the time arc in the film, he knows nothing. He's not seen the guy shredding documents yet. He doesn't know enough about what a rip is to understand that the $2 rips are, like, a ridiculous... Like, he legit thinks he's doing good, finally, right. and and... You know, so when his father and him had that meeting later where his father's like, I never want to see you again, like, get the mm -hmm. fuck out of my life. And he, he basically accused him from lying from the beginning. He wasn't lying from the beginning. Right. And right before that meeting was when he found out about the med patent PTO or PTO IPO being not legit and starting to figure out what am I going to do about this? Like, he was still sorting that out in his head. Right. And the father's just like, a, a, flaming asshole about it like and you also get the sense that seth never actually like makes re any real money from the whole experience uh, because like everybody i mean yeah, yeah. He, he had to go through the 40 fucking closings in order to actually become a real broker but yeah. like he his car is still the same everybody's car yeah They've all got for Lambos and Ferraris and Porsches and and Range Rovers and whatever and yeah right. they're they're cashing in they're spending their money well I mean and, and Nikki Cat talks about that in that one scene where they're in the Lambo together just the two of them and and I'm not gonna say the phrase he says even though we've gotten express okay from Jabo well, I'm still gonna choose not to at this point but like he right. turn word or not the the thing that he's implying in terms of like spending outside your ability mm -hmm. is 100% accurate for what those guys are all doing, you know? Right. So it's, it's an interesting film. It is, it is kind of the opposite of the Wolf of Wall Street. And in, it in was until Wolf of Wall Street, it was the Wall Street of the 90s the, the 90s well, the 2000s the 2000s well right. yeah really because it was not in the 90s because you know uh the original wall street was not 88 but you know right yeah i'm trying to think of what would be like that bridge but there wasn't there really it. isn't one no it's, no it's wall street right to boiler room really yeah um and then ultimately wolf of wall street but well, you, know. you get you get Wall Street too, and then you get Wolf of Wall Street. We're like, hey, do people give a fuck about greedy fucking billionaires? Yeah, you know it's funny though, and and, and I think we touched on this briefly during the episode. But Wall Street too, while while good, we both like the film. You know, mm -hmm. is not does not have the same impact that the first Wall Street has. It just doesn't. Right. You know. Right. So. Um. But yeah. I, I, I dug Boiler Room. Like, this is one of those movies where I'm like, I'm glad I bought it. Like, I'll put it in the collection. There's been plenty of other movies where I'm like, well, it's cheaper to buy it than it is to fucking rent it. You yeah, know? no, no, I get it. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, now I got this movie. Oh, I, believe me, I, I have a few of those. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a, that's the gamble. That's the real fucking gamble. Is, is like, yeah, yeah is this movie yeah. going to fucking. I, am I going to ever watch this again? Right. I um look I I I am with you I I I relate more with Seth than I think you do and that's okay there's nothing wrong with that well, but like I relate I relate in the father yes no no I'm sorry I didn't mean to I didn't mean to but I'm saying from the rest of his character like sure. I I listen if I thought I could have ran in a, a casino and not got pinched I 
probably would have done it. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm all, you know, not because I'm trying to do things illegal, but just because it's a, it's a, you know, it's a way to make money. And if you do it the Mm -hmm. way Seth does it, despite the fact that it's illegal, it's a good way. Like he's not Mm -hmm. just, you know, and he, and, 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 and he learned by trial and error, like you do with any business. Remember he says he was using the bicycle poker chips you can buy at the drugstore and Mm -hmm. someone started sneaking them in. So he had to have his own chips made. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. so he, I, I think that's what I like about the character more than anything is I, 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 his, his, um, entrepreneurship and also his vision. Like he, mm-hmm. his vision, while always going the wrong direction, possibly is positive. He does not, he's not out to hurt people. And I think once he finally realizes he is in Boiler Room is when he has that moment of like, all right, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. So like he's never, that character is not a bad person, maybe misguided, maybe a little lost, but he's not a bad person. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's I think that's why maybe I identify with him because I think I I see myself that way sometimes where I you know I there's a line that you sometimes I feel like especially if you're trying to go into business and business for yourself that you sometimes have to walk, you know, and and maybe mm-hmm. I'm less inclined to walk on the side of the line that that Seth was on, but he wasn't far away from the line. Like by comparison, Jordan Belfort and Gordon Gecko can't even see the fucking line where they're yeah. standing. The, the, it's know? a Coke line is really what it is. <laughs> yeah. They snorted the line. Right. You know, but the, the point is that Seth, Seth at least still has some grounds in being a good human being. And, you know, integ- integrity and yeah. dignity. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. So, but fucking Leo, I mean, so I, you've I heard me over the years, like I've been pretty kind of. You're not a big Leo fan. I'm not a big Leo fan, but when he does something good, he does it fucking good. Yeah. He does Jordan Belfort really fucking good because he starts out like we, you see his, his origin where he's like, you know, he's, he wants to do good. He just wants to make money, but he wants to do it legally. And then of all fucking people, McConaughey is the first to corrupt him, which this is the first time where I'm like, wow, he was fucking awesome. Because I've seen a lot of McConaughey films. I've always been a fan, though. I've always liked McConaughey. Yeah, but I was tired of his fucking, like... He he was the the rom-com dude, and I was tired of it. I never thought he was an actor. I thought he was a movie star. And then this was the first time I'm like, okay, he was actually really fucking entertaining. I I, No, I mean, because I I didn't always see him that way. I mean, yes, there's Ed TV or rom-com. Yes, absolutely. But I I dug that one. I don't see in 10 days. uh, Fucking the wedding... Right, Something but but you thing. also have Days and Confused, where I, where he kind of got his debut, which I'm a huge fan of. You've got right. two uh, two for the money, I think it is the one with Pacino. I've always been a fan of that one. Yeah, um, I liked Lincoln, Lincoln Lawyer. I know it wasn't maybe his best role, but I did enjoy that. You know, um, yeah. I didn't see I didn't see Dallas Buyers Club, so I can't speak to that. But, um, but all this is around the same time of one another. So like McConaughey, the McConaissance was was like Wolf of Wall Street was one of the first ones where it's like, oh shit, he's actually he's not just a pretty guy. He actually can right, fucking act. Right. Where the fuck was he the last fifteen years? Because I mean he did this, he was in mud, uh true detective. Like true he detective was doing is amazing. And, That's so good. And Dallas Buyers Club. Like there was like a whole like 
three-year stretch where everybody's like, have you seen fucking McConaughey? Like, what the fuck happened? That's one you know, Buyer's Club is why he's so thin in the mo- in this movie, because he came basically from the end of shooting that film and was still getting his weight back when he, when he came and did this movie. But it works immensely well with the character, because, like, okay, that dude is doing a copious amount of not <laughs> only jerking off, but also a copious amount of fucking coke. Yeah. And he's great in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we talked about earlier, like, yeah, that's all McConaughey. Like if this movie's about Jordan Belfort, then like Mark Hanna is fucking Jordan Belfort's like spirit animal. I, I, you know, the, the only, the only complaint I have about, um, McConaughey honestly is I would have liked more of that character, you know? And that's inaccurate because he was like kind of partnered with Belfort throughout his like inter intermittently with throughout his life. Okay. And and so it is kind of weird how they just kind of dropped them, but it could have just been McConaughey had like only so much time to shoot, you know, for something because he was probably doing true detective or something or another. Sure. Um or whatever he was doing. Um but he sets the tone and there's a lot of great acting in this. There's a lot of great character actors. Fucking Rob Reiner is fucking hysterical as his yes. dad well let, let's before we yeah he is absolutely no no argument there but one thing we should talk about and it's the number is this number i'm about to quote you is not in the trivia but it was said in the 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 extra that i watched 90 percent of that film 90 is improvised really yeah well, that's, like, not, that's not a huge surprise. Scorsese really pushes for improv. No, he he does, but it, it seems as if like because and 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 you probably speak to this better than I can. But there are a lot of directors that like to let actors do some improv improvisation, including Scorsese. But a lot of them will make them do a take of okay, do it, do it as it's written, and then we'll do like two or three. Uh, takes of just whatever roll with whatever you got and we'll see what comes out of it right right the way they talked about filming this and maybe it misunderstood was that they would have like okay we got to get to from this plot point to this plot point but there's no dialogue in between you go action right. and then just off they went you know and and that's pretty that is pretty common for Scorsese like okay okay ex- example the fucking in Goodfellas the whole late night dinner scene where they're like, they have a body in the trunk and they need to go by Pesci's mom's house. That's all improvised. Scorsese says he was like, all right, you're going to show up. She's going to wake up. You're going to have dinner. Go nuts. Like all that is improvised. So it's not a surprise, especially when you have someone like Jonah Hill, who yeah, is known for his improv skills. Mar- Margot Robbie spoke very highly of him specifically for his, oh, yeah. yeah, his ability. And that comes from all that time he spent with, you know, that whole troop of Franco, Rogan, Judd Ap- yeah, Judd Apatow yeah, yeah. troop, yeah. See, that's the difference, is when Scorsese makes his actors improvise, you don't know if it's a fucking improv scene or if it's scripted. Judd Apatow, unfortunately, you can kind of tell that he's just like, all right, guys, just go nuts. And then they're like, okay, that looks like they're they're playing around. This looks like a previous take. This looks like a, it's still a decent film. Right. But it's right. like, but like Judd Apatow is known for like 
all of his movies are 45 minutes longer than they should be because he's just like, I want to show every fucking joke that these guys came up with. Right. 40 year old virgin, the back and forth between Paul Rudd and Seth Rogen, where they're playing video games. Like, you know how I know you're gay, that whole thing. Mm. You can 100% tell it's fucking improvised, which by the way, I know you don't have, you don't have TV, right? You don't have channels at all. No, you have to look it up. There's a, there's a Lay's potato chip commercial. Oh, between with Paul Rudd and, and Rogan? Yeah. I've seen commercials of it. Oh, you've seen the commercials. Okay. On, on YouTube, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I didn't know they were running them there, too. I've only seen them on TV, but yeah. Yeah, they were definitely yeah. pushing it like, out. Did you, I've never seen any of your movies. You know, like... I, I missed that one, but... Yeah, they're, they're on a plane. It's about to go down, and they both have bags of chips, and Paul Rudd says to Rogan, I've never seen any of your movies. You know... Brogan will be like, you paid like half of them. No, but then it like it cuts, unfortunately. But yeah, so right. um, anyway, but yeah, no, the, the and and I was already impressed with the film, but knowing that now, I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, because like like Jonah's known for it, sure, right? Mm-hmm. And and you have some other actors in there that are definitely capable of it, but like they just let Leo go nuts, you know. Which was probably one of the first times he was able to improv because he he is. But he's like, worked with Marty a lot. Like they even said he, that, you know. Right, but I a lot of his the previous movies that they've done together, whether it's like Aviator as an example, you really can't improv with that because you got to follow the Howard Hughes fucking thing to a T. Uh, Shutter Island, you can't deviate from the script too much because it's a murder mystery type of thing. Sure. Like you can't you can't put in a scene that's unnecessary because it might blow the ending. Uh, you can't fuck with Titanic because Cameron will kill you. Well, that's Cameron, not Scorsese. So no, but I'm talking about like his previous career of like you know doing other shit. Like I think the only other movie where Which, he was able to have freedom is is uh, What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Speaking Her- of speaking of Titanic, fucking Top Gun Maverick passed it today. It? I think yeah. It's still. Fucking, yeah, I know. It, I know. I I still can't order my copy because there's no release date, and it won't let me order a copy until there's a release date for it. I'm it, like, motherfucker, it's just not fucking dying. It's <laughs> it's literally the Top Gun. It's it's the Tom Cruise of movies because that motherfucker is going to be like 80, still looking 40, and doing weird <laughs> shit. So, um, anyway, but. Maybe maybe there is something about Scientology. No, no, no. You go ahead, motherfucker. I ain't going near no, that no. shit. Giovanni Ravizzi does not look good, so no, he doesn't have no. the. Uh, um, he has uh, gotten that A-list celebrity status. No, what I what I think honestly is Tom Cruise got so method he actually found a vampire and converted. <laughs> um, so and that's beside the point. Uh, he, <laughs> but no, the the you know. It was weird seeing Jonah Hill like this. Like, this is a very different Jonah Hill for me anyway. You know what I mean? This is... Well, because Jonah Hill has, like, not just his body, but also his acting. His fluctuated. Like, he started out as the fucking comedy yeah. relief teenage kid. You know, the, the he's like if Cartman was real without right, being right, super right. racist. And then he gradually was like, you know, he was still the sidekick, whether it was an accepted or super bad or or whatever. And then gradually, even Moneyball, like, he's a bit of a sidekick to to Pitt. It's just very different. The, the it's a very different. dramatic role. Yeah. I mean, then he fucking was in Django, for Christ's sake. By the way, Brad Pitt was originally they wanted him to, to be Jordan Belfort. 
And he looks nothing like Jordan Belfort. Well, you so said neither does give... you said neither does Leo. I didn't say that. You said he did, you said that last episode. You were like, he doesn't really look anything like him, but he gets his mannerisms down perfectly. Is exactly how you phrased it. I know well, that because I, I just edited it. <laughs> well, then I, I that I missed that I hadn't seen it enough, but I rewatched it. Mean, he doesn't. He definitely doesn't look like him, but he looks more like him than Brad Pitt. Okay, well that m- that might be the case. Okay, but that's what I'm saying is you you know you you yeah anyway. So yeah, I don't think Brad Pitt would have done nearly. As no, much I I, I don't no. I think I think you needed a Leo kind of actor to do this. You know what I mean? Like I, I think the only other person who could have convincingly done it because he has the experience is RDJ. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I would say might have been too old. You know who I would have liked to have seen try to do it, just because mm. I, I, and I don't know why this just came to me, and I, I don't know how well he would have done, but uh, Chris Evans, it, it's so outside the realm for him though. But I, you know, you know, I just saw the Gray Man. Oh, is that good? I wanted. To, I was thinking about seeing that. It's not great, but his performance is captivating because he's like a, it's like, he's kind of like playing, he, he's a villain. He's a psychopath mm. and he's very jokey and he's, he's not like the Joker, but he's very like, like at one point a dude fucking pulls a fucking pin out of a grenade to like set a trap for him. Sure. And he just, he just goes, oh, you douchebag and like runs away. It's like, it's that, it's the most, it's anti Captain America. You know, it's, right. it's, it's Captain Alt-Right in a roundabout uh, way. You know who else could play Belfort? Actually, mm. it just occurred to me. You may not agree with me, but I think he could do it. NPH. I think Neil Patrick Harris could have absolutely played that role. Um, Based on the the debauchery he does and... Uh, Harold and Kumar and and his snarkiness as Barney. Yeah, I could I could see it. He'd yeah, have to dye his hair black. It, yeah, but I mean, he would. But so would a Pitt because Pitt's a brownish blonde. Yeah, Pitt, you know. Pitt fucking looks weird with black hair, though. No, but I'm not just that, saying you know, he not would, that NPH wouldn't. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but I mean, like when when like Brad Pitt is like acting manic, it comes off like how he does in Twelve Monkeys. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. which is almost too manic. Well, like. Leo somehow fucking just got it. It like, was a little. The it, there were moments it seemed a little too much. A few, not not always, but there were a handful of moments that even to me it was like, all right, that's a little. The, I mean, the I, airplane scene. Well, there's was, that. I was thinking more like the, there's that one scene when he gets when they get the Steve Madden IPO and he's out in the crowd with the mic and he just gets he just like snaps at one point he's doing this like jaw thing like it's it's weird and then also at the beach house when he when he's on the microphone at the beach house before before he meets Mar- you know before he, any of the party stuff goes on and he's talking like up there you know that was a little apparently Jordan like was really fucking like that and was, well, if that's how he was then. I mean, he was like that. And, and he really, because Leo is known for never doing any drugs. Like he, I think he saw it intermittently throughout did, his life. Did you see what they were snorting through the entire film to it was like vitamin D or vitamin B B12 B and so much. So that Jonah ended Jonah. up at the hospital. Yeah. Because he had bronchitis. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. That's not that 
there's like at that point you might as well snort the fucking real cocaine like i knew a guy i knew a guy there's the there's a and i don't know if you have them out west there's a brand of breath breath mint called beech nut um and it's think of it it's a lifesaver basically without the hole okay. in the middle so it's a solid mint disc thing okay. in a cellophane wrapper same thing right mm-hmm. and we used to sell them in the vending machine in my high school and a guy that was a couple grades ahead of me that I used to hang out with uh, in the mornings went and got one one day and he this dude was a stocky fuck like he's no taller than we are but he's built like a brick shit house or at least at the time like I don't I haven't seen him in 30 years at this point probably so I don't know right. you know 20, 25 years I don't know what it looks like but he was strong and so the he takes one of the tablets and he took his hand and just pounded the table and it powderized instantly and then he cut it into a thing and and man he you could see the look on his face, but I'll tell you, no joke, he had fresh breath for like three days. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking though, dude. Seriously, like, <laughs> I'm just imagining like the the company that hears that is like. Our breath mints will, if you snort it right, you'll have freshy, fresh fucking breath forever. I don't, I don't even know if it exists anymore, honestly. But, Mainline uh, our mints. Like, yeah, right. Um, see, but, I'm the asshole who just, like, did cocaine. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't fuck okay. around with all this other, like, toy well, shit. And, and I know I told the story about my buddy with the salt. I know I told that story. Yeah, or, told, yeah, yeah I know. So I'm not going to tell that one again. But um, he... I, I, one yeah. of the hardest things is like when I was I I did experiment with blow when I was younger, mm-hmm. and I haven't done it in years at this point. But like, unfortunately, I happened to be like into like experimentation when this movie came out. So no bullshit, I'm seeing the movie. It's a three hour movie of like yeah. sugs, sex, drugs, and alcohol and decadence. And I shit you not, my palms were fucking sweating. Oh, I believe it. Like for as a smoker, whenever you see a like when you're watching a movie, you see someone smoking and like chain smoke, you're like, oh fuck, I really want to smoke right now. When you're watching somebody do a bunch of blow and you're like, oh fuck, that was the first time I was like, I might have a habit. Like I might be yeah, doing this I a little mean, too much. I, I I get what you're saying because I, and I I don't think I have a habit, habit either. It's nothing to do with blow, but like if I see someone, especially if I see people drinking whiskey, yeah, I mean I'll get like hmm. You know what like, I mean? Sounds good, right? The fuck now. Yeah, yeah. but but I don't. But but what I can tell you is that I'm not like fiending for it. Like I don't get to a point where I'm like, <laughs> if I don't go get some right now, I'm gonna be like, you know, like I can I can let it pass. Right. But yeah, it I I get I, it. You know, I would also like to reiterate on this episode, I have not done blow. I don't do blow anymore. This is like when I was significantly younger. You know, I get it. If anybody's, yeah. list, yeah. if anybody's listening, blah blah blah. Uh, but goddamn that! I mean, I I was talking to other people. I'm like, don't. If you're ever gonna watch Wolf of Wall Street, make sure you're doing it at your house. And you have some shit. Well, like, I, that was I, the, that I, was the heads up. I also recommend if you have if you legit have a problem or had a problem, you're in recovery. Don't fucking watch this movie. Just don't. absolutely. It, yeah. it, it it will fucking it. It's a relapse flick. Yeah, it is. Yeah, for sure. Like I I I knew a girl who told me she was a sex addict and i was like and then i i, I would never let her watch this movie 
Oh, yeah. Like, don't, don't do it. Like, it, yeah. it's just nonstop. Like, it's one thing of, like, you can't escape sex in movies, but then there's this flick. Yeah. Yeah. It's been banned in five countries because of how much sexual activity is going on in the movie. Right. I mean, I, I don't know if movies should be banned for sex, but they but if you have a sex addiction, you definitely should not watch this movie. I can speak to that. Yeah, I would. I Unless would there is a movie where it's about sex addiction and overcoming it. This is not overcoming sex addiction. This is getting caught and told yeah. you can't do it. Uh, you hear that, Jojo? Don't don't watch this. Like just <laughs> honestly, at this point, it wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me if Jojo is Jordan Belfort because Jordan Belfort is like living in Australia now. Oh, really? You know the she's gonna go hunt the... that fucker down now, right? You know this. Dude, yeah. The un the ending of Wolf of Wall Street where he's doing this fucking like seminar. Yeah, in New Zealand. In... Yeah. No, 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 no. It that's said Australia. New Zealand. It says it no. on the on the board behind him. It said New Zealand. Well, it, then they changed it because he was he was doing the fundraising in real life in Australia. And the ending, that's the real Jordan Belfort who introduces Leo. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, hmm, JoJo? Maybe it's Jordan. No, no. I, I, I This whole fucking time, we were led to believe that JoJo was a woman when really it was just a fucking New York greedy Jew. Um. Bail. Speaking of which, the the character that Jonah Hill, uh, the person I should say that Jonah Hill portrays, said Perush, I think is how you would say it. Yeah, he said if you if you portray me in this film, I will sue you. Yeah, and yeah. they said okay, we'll change the name. Right, That's and it. then and then basically portrayed him otherwise. Um. Barenthal was real, ate a fish. Yeah, Barenthal was really good in this. I like yeah, him. Barenthal was great. Um, that was like this was like right after fucking Walking Dead. So I'm like, holy shit, it's Shane because that's what really was his first start. Sure. Um, and then I mean, this is before Punisher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, yeah. I mean, like, I think the only other movie that like came out around the same time. I'm like, oh my god, it's that fucking guy. Was like him and Grudge Match. Where he plays like De Niro's fucking son or whatever. Mm. Um, Bernthal was great. Bernthal uh, actually actually punched Jonah Hill in the face. I saw that. Yeah, so hard that the fucking fake teeth like broke in half and flew out of his mouth. The thing I saw was it flew out of his mouth, but didn't, I didn't see anything about the breaking. But yeah, and I mean that's 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 dedication of Jonah Hill's fucking craft. Because Jonah Hill also took the SAG minimum. I was going to talk about that, yeah, just to say he was in a Scorsese film. He wanted to work oh, with yeah. Scorsese that badly. Let's talk about this cast, dude. Like, for real. Even yeah. the bit players. like, And I say bit because they, they there's just not a lot of on-screen time, not because they're bit actors. But, I mean, like, right. you got, obviously, you got Leo, you got Jonah, you got Margot, who at the time was nobody. I mean. Nobody. But I will tell you this, it's my honest to God opinion that she's playing, this movie is a prequel to Harley, because that's what she becomes after having lived with Jordan Belfort, she becomes fucking Harley Quinn. George, um, Jordan Belfort's the real Joker? Yeah, right? No, but I mean, seriously, but I, yeah. I still, I still, I've said this before, I, and I'll say it again, I still think her Brooklyn accent in Wolf of Wall Street is significantly 
more pronounced, much better than it is in Harley. It's yeah. a very good Harley voice, but I think she nailed the Brooklyn accent more. Well, I don't think she's. I, don't, I doubt because Harley's not meant to be from Brooklyn. It's okay that she has a bit of that, but there's nothing that says Harley's from Brooklyn. Yeah, it is. Where? In Where the, is it? In, in, in the lore, she's always fucking had a thick Brooklyn accent. But it. Oh, right. Never mind. All right. But that, we're going to go down a whole other path that I don't feel like going down right now. So. Okay. Um, but you got Leo, you got Margo, Jonah, Matthew McConaughey, Rob Reiner, as you mentioned, as his father. Favreau. Uh huh. Spike know, Jones. Uh, who? Spike Jones is a director. Like he oh, did, oh, like, oh, where Spike, the okay. Who did he play? I didn't see. I, I didn't see he that. Played, one. He plays the guy who is at the first uh, pump and dump, where he's just like, "Hey, yeah, uh, the nudie mags." Like, "Oh, what's your name?" Like, my Jordan Belfort. Like, oh, okay. he's the first boss. Gotcha. No, um, you, you got. Uh, let's see if we have uh, Christine Milioti, who she's not huge, but I know her very well because from how, going back to another connection, how I met your mother. Mm-hmm. She's the mom. She is the oh. mom. She, yeah, spoilers. But uh, she she also smacked the shit out of Leo. I heard no. That was Margot. That was both of them. Okay. Margot smacked the shit out of Leo during an audition. But uh, what's her name? Christine. Christine. Kristen. Kristen, like wailed on him when that whole scene where like the limo and she catches yeah, yeah, him and everything yeah. like those are real hits wow. and she did like they did like 20 takes of that she just kept being the shit out of him um, um pj burn is in this uh ethan supley who we both yeah. know um yeah. who has like not, not one, well we know of him yeah we have like one line he's got like one line actual line i feels like you know well, the most prominent is how'd you fucking do that? But like he's he's throughout the film, you know, talking shit and wrecking shit up. Like yeah, but it not not like the, I was thinking actually during the uh, interrogations. That's when that. But you're right about the how did you do that? I forgot about that scene too. But yeah, um, uh, three hours. Joanna Lundley. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to see. I mean, there, there's a lot of Fran Lebowitz. Fran Lebowitz is a, a very predominant. Uh, photographer, right? Photographer and activist and journalist. Yeah. Who the fuck is she playing herself in this? She's the judge. Remember the fe- no shit that female judge that he appears in front of. That's Fran Lebowitz. I didn't fucking know that. Uh huh. I know because uh-huh. she shows up on um. Yeah, <laughs> and Jordan Belfort, awkward straight line host, Auckland, Auckland's New Zealand. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um. So it's definitely he might be in Australia for real, but the, the in the movie it's it's New Zealand. Well, I don't know if he is anymore. I think he got kicked out of Australia. Like that's how bad of a motherfucker you are when you get Australia kicks you out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, here's the irony. You no, know I just realized he's the one who probably gave the fucking koalas chlamydia. There you go. There you go. Uh, irony though, he, if if that scene is in Auckland, New Zealand, New Zealand's one of the countries that actually banned the fucking film. Really? Yeah. Um, I think that's it for like the the biggest names, but there, I mean, there's the 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 French guy, the guy who was in the artist. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to find it. Fucking name, uh, Jean Jean Gerard or something. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they talked about him pretty heavily on the. um, He was good in the extra. He's very good, and apparently he's not real. 
he's not very fluent in English, so a lot of that back and forth was his improvising and and losing the English words and kind of switching back to to his native tongue. So, right. uh, and then, uh, Scorsese has a small small, small voice uh, cameo. Voice cameo. Yep. Yep. Um, question for you: The guy to play Kenneth Choi is that? Is he's from Thor, right? Isn't he? He's from. He's from Captain America. He's from one of them. He's Captain from America. one of the Marvel films, but he's like he's like he's the actually, principal. No, he's like the principal of Spider Man. No, he's both. He's both. He. I remember this now that I'm seeing it. He's in Captain America, and then he's playing his own ancestor as That's the principal in Spider Man. What? Descendant, not ancestor. Uh, de- de- yeah, descendant. I'm sorry. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. And he was fucking hysterical in this movie. He was good. Yeah, he put on yeah. 40 pounds to do it, too, apparently. I, every fucking scene is of him eating. I don't fucking, like, I'm not surprised. Well, he did that okay. before. He's also I in know- Suicide Squad with uh, Margot Robbie, apparently. I don't remember him in fucking Suicide Squad. Uh, he's, he's, or Suicide Squad. Which one's 2016? That's the most recent one, right? No, no, no. no. That's that's that's, that's the OG squad. one. The most that's... recent one is Dawson. Okay, so yeah, I always get him confused backwards. Sorry, but yeah, that one he's in that one. He's the Yakuza boss. So I guess it must be it's it must be in that 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 club scene with uh, Joker. Maybe it's the only thing I can think of. I'm trying to remember. Like, there's a fucking Yakuza scene. Well, yeah, I that's don't know. Super weird. That must have been like a deleted scene. Maybe I don't know. That's weird. Well, all right, he he got lucky. He switched over to fucking Marvel. It was yeah, like, right. I could do better. Oh, he's in Heroes, um, too. I thought I recognized him. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else was like... Well, we got to give a little bit of credit to Kyle Chandler. He, as the FBI agent, he was... Yeah, I don't know much good. about that guy. I've seen him periodically, but like I've always kind of looked at him like... He's like if um, John Hamm fucking, like, I don't know, looked more normal like i always got like john ham vibes from him okay he's like if john ham had a average dick i'm looking at the stuff that you might have seen him in he's in uh super eight oh he's good in super eight he's in argo he's good in argo I gotta uh well there's wolf of wall street he was in the vatican but i didn't see oh that's a tv movie never mind sorry my bad he's in king kong i think it's the peter jackson one just to give you a all the way in 2005? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been years since I've seen that flick. He's in that one. He's uh, Mulholland Falls, which I'm going nope. back. I've never seen Mulholland Falls. He was in the Freddy's Nightmares TV show, which I think was related to uh, Nightmare on Elm the Nightmare. Street. Yeah, yeah, I saw like one or two episodes. So everybody, yeah, everybody was on that fucking show at one point. He, yeah, because they, they they were they were blowing this guy pretty heavily on the extra thing, and it's not. I'm not saying anything bad on him. I just don't. I just don't know it. I mean, actually, he was in Godzilla vs King Kong as well, and King of the Monsters. So he just has a thing for for. Uh, He's doing a lot of fucking monster movies. The Godzilla one specifically. Yeah. Yeah. So. Always. Well, I mean. Or well, he, I mean, he, he was just, also in King Kong, but unrelated. Well. Yeah, but isn't King Kong in King of Monsters? I thought it's... Different King Kong. If he was in the Peter Jackson one, the Peter Jackson one is unrelated to the Godzilla, the newer movies. Gotcha. The only Kong movie that was before that was Kong Skull Island. Right, 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 right. And he's not in that uh, from according to this. No, so. because I think that's set in like the 60s. Well, so was the Peter Jackson one. I mean... 
different but different franchise i mean no no, no, would no not... I'm, just, I'm just saying for him to do a period piece is not an impossible that's all i'm getting at so i think that i think that peter jackson was like actually set in the like 30s might be i don't remember it's been a long time since i've seen it anyways um, uh yeah it's a fucking great cast and it's a great first movie for or a real breakthrough role for margot robbie yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um it, it i i i have stolen that fucking line where he first has sex with Margot Robbie was like, I fucked her brains out for 11 seconds. Like I've said that on more than one occasion. Uh, so it, it, the lines are, are definitely memorable. Um, the jokes were fucking hysterical. Thomas, I still crack up when Bernthal is like, who are you supposed to be? Uh, Jack Nickel Jew. Like I still fucking crack up when he says that to Jonah Hill. Yeah. Um, Thomas Middleditch is the the guy I was talking about from Silicon Valley, the guy who gets his fish eaten. Uh-huh. Um, but I wanted to give him that credit because he, he is something. He may not be on your radar, but he's definitely doing well for himself now. So I wanted to... Let's talk about the fish because Jonah Hill actually had to put a real fish in his mouth. Okay. It's a real fish, but fucking animal wranglers and everything were like on set and they were like making sure that like he didn't accidentally swallow it, he didn't chew it, like it, they tried to do like a fake fish, like a gummy fish or something that then that obviously looked a little bit more sure. like an actual cool fish, and it just didn't look right. And Jonah Hill said on like whatever fucking Leno or Letterman or whatever, whatever he was on a fucking thing, right? And he was talking about how the goldfish actually relieved itself in his mouth. <laughs> Like, I was like, how the fuck does he know that? And what, what kind? Like, what, what did he eat goldfish poop or like goldfish pee? Like, I, what the fuck was that? Yeah. I mean, imagine, imagine you're that goldfish. You only live like what? Maybe six fucking months. If you're a goldfish, like, I, no, I had goldfish for a couple of years. For years. Oh, they, uh, they yeah. last longer than that. If, 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 you have the, if you have them in like the little fucking, you know, in, in the bowl they had them in, in the movie. Yeah. No, it's. You're you're probably right, but if you put them in an actual fish tank with like a filter filtration system and stuff, they they can last for a long time. I but like imagine you're that goldfish, <laughs> like you just get plucked into fucking Jonah Hill's mouth, and like you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it almost looked like a mini koi fish actually because of the coloring, or like a clownfish, you know? It, yeah, it did. It did look like that. I'll give you that. Um, um <laughs> it is such a fucking like we. This movie is three hours fucking long. Yeah. And yeah. in certain parts, it feels like it. Yes, like once absolutely. he gets captured, you feel like it's going to end. And it and then, doesn't like, for another, like another 30, 40 minutes or something like that. Yeah. And that's what it kind of is. That's when it really, when it drags out. There's another scene that dragged out for me. Cause it was just, I guess cause it was just uncomfortable. I don't have, I don't have a problem with sexuality and sex on screen and all that kind of stuff. I don't, but, the whole scene in the kids' room where it's mommy, mommy's going to walk around without panties. And, and like that whole sequence was like, okay, this is, yeah, you can, yeah, this can stop now. <laughs> like, I have heard that that is one of the most paused fucking scenes. Well, because there's only, there's, there's only one spot where you get a good view, honestly. And I, I remember it just because it was like, oh, wow. Okay. And it's like, I agree. It's kind of like 
but that's sort of the whole point is that it, it this is definitely a man's movie in the oh, yeah. like yeah. macho way because that whole scene is to show that she is like using her body and her sexuality to get back at Jordan. And then he just flips the whole thing off. be like, Hey, you've been broadcasting your fucking pussy to the fucking Rocco's on a webcam. Enjoy. Like he takes away her weapon. Yeah. Which is like, ah, fuck. They should have just left that as is like take out the fucking webcam thing. Or It's not a webcam. It's a security cam. Yeah. But like, let her have some fucking power over this fucking monster. But see, but that's the thing. You that's the whole point though, is he he need they needed to show like at every time every moment Belfort had had some level of control. The time yeah. he finally loses control is the scene at the end when he tries to run away with the kid. You know. That's a hard scene. It is a hard scene. And and the whole sequence is hard. You know. The whole fucking movie is a fucking hard like watch if you're if you're sensitive to certain shit. I mean, like, even as much of a feminist as I am, like the the gratuitous sex scenes don't bother me because you know I like to fuck and women like to fuck. But the the treatment of them is is really hard to fucking stomach. With and like for a long time, I was like, is the shaving the woman's head scene gonna bother me? No, because she's fucking overjoyed it's happening. I'm just pissed off they didn't finish. They just left her with a fucking, like... Yeah, no, I... I, I yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, look who was fucking doing it. I'm not surprised by that at all. Like, if she had done it herself, then maybe it would have been fine. But, yeah. I like the... You the didn't act- get the payoff on that, though. That's the only thing. And I'm not... Listen, we've talked about this, so I'm not even a tits person. Like, that's not a thing for me. But, they like, he talks about how she... What was it? She's got, like, C's now, and she wants double D's, like... 38 double D's or, or whatever it was. Yeah, and it's like... He went through all that. You know, even if they had her, like, in a nice suit. Like, they didn't have to have her, like, naked with the titties hanging out. But at least show her walking back in, having, getting the, the, <laughs> the you know, the implants that she just sat through all that humiliation for. You know what I mean? Like. I mean, shit. I, I've shaved my fucking head. I got double D's. I did it for fucking free. <laughs> I didn't understand the need for the quasi-naked marching band. Like, that just didn't make any sense to me at all. That's just to show, like, this. that was the first scene to show, apart from the, the throwing of the little people, this was the first, like, sign, like, okay, these guys are all fucking around and having a party. What scares me is that whole conversation about, like, when they're getting ready to, because it's, it's, it's like, like, retrospect, I guess, or whatever, but they're having the whole conversation about hiring the little people, and, like, you know, the whole thing about don't look them in the eye, they get ornery, and they talk to each other, like... Like, these are people, man. <laughs> like, it was, that was... And it was all improvised. Like, that's all from Leo and Jonah Hill. And right, they're and like, they're supposed what? to, and right, and I don't think they actually feel that way. I think it's, it's you know, they have to, to play that role. Honestly, my favorite improvised scene in the, I mean, a, a lot, it's hard to say because a lot of it's improvised, right? Like we said, right. but like, the scene when his father comes in with the credit card bill, <laughs> and and they're talking about what the different charges, and then they leave, and it's just him and his father, and they're talking about bald Bush. versus Bush, and I'm like, that's like, what the fuck? 
You know, I, it's it's still fucking hysterical. It's it like, is. I've never been a fan of the Bush. It's like really, I like it. I didn't, I didn't mind it. Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> it's like I honestly think that like they were just having a like they were just sitting and like Marty's like, all right, go. You guys are gonna they, just talk about talk about pussies. Like they at one point, Leo says in the extra that like they would spend literally like hours on one page like they it would be all right we're gonna shoot this page and like four hours later they'd be done the page because of all the uh improving uh apparently all the depositions of all the other guys at the end yeah you know where like you know Ken Choi is like yeah he's like oh yeah. yeah i got low blood sugar and all that they were they filmed like collectively 20 hours i believe of, that like, improv material and like Thelma Schumacher was who's who's Scorsese's frequent editor said it was like the funniest shit to try and like get all the best shit to like compile in that montage. I would fucking watch that. I would I, I watch. Know, I would. I would totally fucking... watch that. Yeah, I would watch a lot of. That. I mean, I'm coming completely off of that movie for a minute, and we touched on this a little bit last week, but for di- or last episode, but for different reasons. Um, apparently. I, I don't think we talked about this specific thing. Apparently, there's four different versions of Mrs. Doubtfire. Like, there's an yes. NC-17, there's an R, yes. a PG-13, and then I think well, the PG that we ultimately got, because cause it was PG, right? Like, the, I don't think it was G. It was a PG I think movie. No, I think it was PG-13. I'll, I'll double-check, because I, I thought it was PG, but you could be right. I'm not going to... I'm not going to argue that yet, but... um. I would love to see all that improv with oh, Robin. Sure. Like that what that yeah, yeah, that I, has to I, be. I I've also heard the same thing that there was like basically an R-rated version of Aladdin. Oh yeah, I've heard that too. I've heard, and I've heard the Birdcage went like another one on that was like all over the place. And surprisingly the Birdcage as risque as that movie is is pretty fucking tame compared to yeah. So what you would expect Robin Williams to fucking do. Like, I, I just rewatched it like a month ago. It's still really fucking funny, but I'm like, wow, I remember this movie being edgier. But I, I guess now it's it's just kind of tame. In I've also heard, just to put a pin on or a bow on this part, this part of the conversation, I've also heard like the radio scenes in Good Morning Vietnam are very much that way. There's hours upon hours oh, yeah. of Robin just <laughs> going off. You know, it's such a shame that Robin you know, passed away because I mean, for all sorts of reasons. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. But can you imagine that motherfucker onto a podcast? Oh my God. Well, he, I think he did a hand. He did what couple before, like a, like a, a small grouping. Like I think, I think he did one, a, a few, not many, but yeah, it would have, would have been a very select few because he pretty much died right before the huge boom of podcasts. Yeah, It would probably be like Marin or Corolla, if anything, you know, yeah. cause those guys were like the, the beginners, you know, and I know and, it wasn't I, Kevin as much as he probably would have loved that, you know, that would have been amazing. But like, I mean, his memory was not doing well, which is probably why he wasn't doing that right right but i mean yeah anyways can what you imagine say, we're really like, just going to do a robin deep dive oh yeah uh, we can tie it together real quick though can you imagine robin in this um not he wouldn't be belford like he'd have to be like maybe he potentially could have been the carl reiner role that's a possibility and actually would have looked because he kind of looks like an older leo you know what i mean it, 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 it's sort of 
Um, he also he I mean he he could have been the McConaughey role. He could have done that as well. I think Matthew was awesome, so I'm not you know. If but. If, if Robin is the age that he would have been, um, I, he I would probably see him as like the John Favreau role. Yeah, could that like, yeah the only the Spike. The only reason why, the Spike Jones one, yes, but the, the reason why I'm saying the ones I did is because that would have given him the most room to be Robin and still be the character. I don't think the I, Favreau character I, gives him that, you know? I think the Spike Jones role yes, would have done yeah. more, for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't think he would have fit Mad Max. I don't think he could have played convincingly mad as mu- as well as Rob Reiner did. Uh, um, yeah, that's possible. That's possible. But for um, sure, he could have played like, you know, they could have changed a character to be like, you know, a slightly older fucking mentorship or whatever. Um, I mean, the, you know, going back to age in general real quick, just to, the, one of my favorite lines from Boiler Room is when Affleck's talk anybody goes, I'm 27 years old. You know what that makes me around here? Senior fucking citizen. You know, like yeah. it. You know, now that we're like talking about Boiler Room for just one more second, I think yeah. one minor criticism that I have of Seth is that at no point did I buy that Giovanni Ribisi was Jewish, because the character the, the yeah. character is is very probably yeah. Jewish, and because his father is very is mm-hmm. very you know played portrayed by a Jewish actor, and and you could the the Jewish identity is rampant throughout the film, but at one point. Giovanni Ribisi pronounces Yom Kippur as Yom Kippur. <laughs> and I was like, that's that's not how you pronounce it, buddy, but that's okay. <laughs> You're, that's what a being an Italian Scientologist is, I guess. Yeah, I guess. It's like, um, oh, yeah, Mazel Tov. And like, shit, like, yeah. I'm drinking a nice glass of Manny Shivats. Like, no, well, I mean, by shit. comparison, how did Bernthal do? As His character oh, it, was it, Jewish. I think I think Berthold is is actually Jewish. Is he? I don't know. I honestly yeah, yeah. Don't. I'm pretty sure John Berthold is like Russian Jewish or like Slavic Jewish or something like that. He he is one of those rare actors who can fucking convincingly play Irish, like like Black Irish, Italian, Greek, Jewish. But I think pro- and he could also play fucking like you know American hillbilly, you know, from the fucking South. Right. John Berthold is a great fucking versatile actor. He is. Um, because I think even Frank Castle is supposed to be Italian. I think it's like Castellari or some stupid shit. It's, but no, John Berthold, I, I think, does a fucking good job. When he said, like, Ma, we got any chicken? Like, I fucking burst out laughing because unrelated, and you and I are not the biggest Will Ferrell fans, but one of the funniest things I've seen Will Ferrell do is his little fucking role in Wedding Crashers. And he improvises a whole scene where he's like a 40-year-old dude still living in his mom's house. And he screams to the top of his fucking lungs, Mom! The fucking meatloaf! Fuck! So every time I hear a character in any movie go, Ma! You got any chicken? Where's the meatloaf? I'm hungry! Like, it just reminds me of Will Ferrell. So. Um, he was also a cringy-ass fucking character in uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Like oh, John Berthal. Oh, they all... Yeah. Name me a redeeming character in that movie. Maybe, maybe Bo- Belford's first wife. 
Yeah, that's that immediately what my what I thought of. Like that might be the only redeeming character in that film. <laughs> Even fucking Betty Hanna is, is Betty fucking Hanna. Yeah, I mean, that tracks me up. Um, Berenthal was born to a Jewish family, but from what I can tell, at least. From reading here, he, it wasn't like a thing that was he's practicing. Not, he's not practicing. Yeah, and I don't think he ever really was from what it sounds like. It's not like that was – they were born in – like their, their Jewish family, but not really, you know? There is still like cultural Jew- Judaism that pops in and out. It's kind of inescapable. What I what uh, I didn't know was his cousin was the founding member of Fountains of Wayne that died from COVID last two years ago. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that about him, so – um, he actually attended. He actually went to a Quaker school. Really? Berenthal. Yeah, yeah. So, wow. so I mean, that, that doesn't mean anything. The Quaker schools will accept any religion. It doesn't matter what religion you are. You know. So it's just it's just weird. So, well, I did. I spent five years at I, a Quaker school. I didn't know that. I yes, you did. That. We've talked about it before. Did we? Yes. All right. Well, I, it's so <laughs> it's always going to be surprising. Sure. Um. All right, we got to talk a little bit about like the fucking like iconic drug scenes. Like the the obviously the most famous is the fucking lemons. Oh God, like, yeah, yeah. So you want to talk about fucking? See, I noticed before I did all my research as I was rewatching this movie for like the what seventeenth fucking time because it's an entertaining as fuck movie. This is only my second watch, honestly. I, I've seen this movie a lot. Uh it it there's a lot of continuity errors sure like well, the most the most one that i can tell you is like when jonah hill is fucked up on uh quaaludes and he tries to get this the fucking speaking speaking of him and see madden real quick because i can take this two seconds and let you get right back to your point right. um so that character the real person that that Jonah's playing and Steve Madden did. That's actual, that's factual. That's true. They, that's true. But what you may, you may have seen since you did some research, Jonah Hill and the guy who plays Steve Madden are also friends for as long. So do you know who that guy is? Who plays Steve a, Madden? No, that's Hoffman's son. That's Dustin Hoffman's oh, oh, son. Oh, okay. There you go. And you rewatch it like, Holy fuck. It is Dustin Hoffman. So he looks just like him. Okay. He, he he we've seen him in like Hook and shit. Like he He's played probably a like kid by that by that. Yeah, age. yeah. He, I think he played like the young, uh, the the teenage Peter Pan. Gotcha. Okay. So like Hook kind of played Pan in a roundabout way. Yeah. Right. There you go. Um, I so that whole scene where he goes, Steve Madden, he knocks over a pint glass of beer. Yep. Off the railing and it f- and you hear it crash on the floor. Yeah, yeah. The next frame you see it behind him again. Where sure. it, so like, and I looked it up and like Scorsese purposely was trying to keep a lot of, well, not a lot, but he just kept the incon- uh, the 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 goofs and fuck ups during all the drug sequences. So like it would be like like nothing is real and right. We we're, right. we're watching their perception of what's going on. The the classic fucking thing where Leo is fucked up on Quaaludes and he can't, he has no motor fucking skills and he's at a country club. You mean the cerebral palsy stage that yeah. 
I, I yeah, I wasn't gonna say it, but like that's what he calls it. Well, as someone who is diagnosed with that for years, I can tell you that I I'll give him credit. He he nailed it when <laughs> as uh, you know it it it's pretty uh, he because when he said it because he said it before you saw the position that he ended up putting his body in when you know and I was like mm. hmm and then I <laughs> looked and I went oh yeah oh, okay yeah that's. Maybe that's what your problem is. Maybe you just like I need to do I need to do quaaludes. No, you need to do coke to wake the fuck up. <laughs> uh but him go like crawling and uh, it's so fucking funny. Him crawling is like I'll, I'll crawl like my daughter, I'll crawl like Skylar. And then he's like fucking kid makes it look so goddamn easy. Yeah. And then he gets through a whole it's like five steps. But to him it's his... like 30. Yeah. Right. So I remember that happening. I'm like, "Wait, what the fuck just happened?" Like it and when he rolls, it's it's a bunch of it's so crazy, and it works successfully well because we see it as dude. That's just five steps. He sees it as thirty, which means he's zonked out of his fucking mind. But that was all Leo's idea to open the fucking car door with his foot. Yep. But he could only do one take because he fucking like stretched out his back and fucked up his back yep. and his hamstring. Yep. But it's it's well done and it's fucking hysterical. He's like the the, and then, the the funniest part of that scene for me is that you know he gets home. He says, "And I drove home the slowest I've ever driven, and I got home safely." And the whole rest of the scene takes place that you may want to talk about, and that's fine. And then the next morning, the cops show up, and the car is fucked up. It's total. Yeah. One of the funniest parts of that whole thing is when uh, Margot Robbie calls him. And he starts, he's like, ah! he just groans, yeah. and he's trying to con- like talk to her. Uh, 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 and she's just like, I need you to fucking get home right now. And he just like, okay, he starts sobbing uncontrollably. I thought that that's what kills it for me. He's get like, he's off, like, I'm gonna fuck. Get off the phone. Jonah Hill is great in that too. Yeah. It's just like, I'm on the phone. That's the eye! Huh? Like, he's just, like, the communication. It would it would have been even funnier if, like, Scorsese, like, added subtitles. Like, yeah. if they, if they, if they didn't sound like what they were saying, instead of saying, like, it's just, like, it's just pure gibberish. Yeah. And then, like, they just had subtitles where they're actually able to understand each other because they've done Quaaludes so much. What would have been funny, though, is if they did a whole bunch of that and then it was just one word. It's like, you know, <laughs> help, you know, <laughs> or it's something. It's like fucking like old fucking Chinese fucking like martial arts movies where they just talk forever. It's just like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know. And then, and then this, the, the, and I, I kind of saw it coming because I noticed the Popeye on the, in the background before they started right. focusing on it. But the, the, the Popeye spinach cocaine, uh, connection was a little, you know. I, I saw it coming the first time I watched it. I was like, I know it's coming. He's going to find a whole bunch of blow. I, I thought he was going to grab a bag. And just shove his face in like fucking Scarface Dead, or Deadpool, like when Deadpool, or Deadpool does. It. Yeah, yeah. I that's what I. Th- but his the, the other method works. Um, yeah, dude. Like it's is it Scorsese's best movie? No, 
But if Scorsese, if that was Scorsese's last movie, like let's say he fucking died as soon as he released it, never made The Irishman, right. didn't do anything else. That would have been a good, worthy ending of his career because what a fucking way to like show decadence and greed and money and, and sex. Well, it's got everything rolled into one. Well, and several of his regulars were interviewed in a thing that I saw, and they all said it was not that they didn't have fun shooting with him previously but this was the most fun they ever had shooting a scorsese film weirdly enough i wonder if the nero was offered a role uh i could see him playing mad max yeah but i see i the the problem with with de niro and i know he's done comedies like the fockers and and stuff like that right meet the parents whatever but i don't know that he's got that like rob reiner has that that you know the like comedic rage yeah like i don't think de niro's got that as well like can he do it sure we've seen him do it but i don't think he does it as well that's why i was thinking robin because i could see robin like you know what the fuck the equalizer blah 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 blah, blah. hello you know <laughs> like so bizarre you know and doing the British thing, hello, you know, like I and and no one's gonna do a British a, a a fake terrible British accent better than Robin fucking Williams, like uh, apparently Rob Reiner. He did okay. I think Robin's would have been better, honestly. You know, I don't. I don't think the whole the point was to have a great British accent. It was to just be like this weird. It's such a bizarre thing because it's not a good British accent. It and it's such a bizarre thing for max a new york jew to do mm. where everybody knows him like the person on the other end of the phone knows what max sounds like right but for some reason he's just like talking in this faux shitty british accent for no reason apart from like trying to be i don't know posh i guess yeah i don't, I don't know maybe maybe de niro could have played like i think de niro could have done it but not as well as rob reiner if rob reiner wasn't available I think De Niro, because, like, he's done, like, the, like, in Meet, in not necessarily in Meet the Parents, but in uh, Analyze This, he does the the pissed off funny pretty well. But uh, <clears throat> it's just surprising, like, when that Scorsese and De Niro, apart from the Irishman, haven't fucking done shit together. Like, I'm waiting for De Niro, DiCaprio, Scorsese to finally just, like, team up. Yeah, there's nothing on here about him potentially being offered anything that I'm seeing. Nothing saying that he wasn't... He's just not mentioned at all, really. Um, yeah. Which is strange. Um, I'm trying to think if there's, like, other scenes when we've hit, like, the, the Quaaludes. I, th- I think we've hit, hit... Yeah, I mean, there's, there's the... There's the... Uh, the boat scene, you know. See, that's kind of... Well, there's, like, two, like there's a, a couple different boat scenes. So the, the there's the the one I was referring to was during the storm, but actually right. the other one I would refer to first is the scene with him and the FBI agent Kyle, whatever Chandler. Thank you. And he, you know, uh, Leo specifically talks about that in the extra, and he said that whole scene. There's no, that's no dialogue. There's, I mean, there's no, there's nothing. I mean, again, we'd already talked about how much of it's improvised. I'm not, try, I'm, I'm not trying to like beat a dead horse, but apparently that particular scene, like that's one of the ones that he's the most proud of 
for doing the improv and they just went yeah. back and forth and, and it, and it works so well, you know? Although if there was ever going to be a scene of a, you know, of, of someone beating a dead horse, it would be the fucking Wolf of Wall Street. If they That's were ever true. actually going to, like, it wouldn't surprise me. No, no. Um, it's, it's a great but, scene. Yeah. There are, there are parts where it feels kind of abrupt. Yeah. I, like, I'm actually surprised you like this one as much. And I'll tell you why, hmm. because there's a lot of that quick cut editing shit that you don't like. I I'm not overly fond of it, but at the same time, I'm looking at it as like if if we the audience are going through a drug trip, fine. Like there there are. I love when you justify it for movies you like, but if it's something you didn't like, and oh, no, quick got stuck, they destroyed the whole fucking film. Like <laughs> the the main fucking thing like that drives me crazy is like Bohemian Rhapsody. There's a fucking conversation where like four characters are sitting at a table and it's just cut after cut after cut after cut. Like every time, like it's got like 40 cuts in a two minute scene. And that's where it's like, Jesus Christ, calm the fuck down. All right. You don't, that's, that's what drives me crazy. But I like quick cuts when like it's done effectively well, like when Edgar Wright does it. No, but you hated it in, um, there was two movies we did recently where there were both quick cuts, and it was in the same episode, and you hated the one. Rock, but you of, ha- a- Rock of Ages was one of them. Right, but then you liked the other one because it was in the beat of the music. It's like, <laughs> And that's because you like Chicago. It, it felt like it was edited better. All right. Like, anyway. Just, if you're going to quick cut something, then do it fucking well. But the the second boat scene during the storm, I think is when, when Jordan starts to kind of realize... This need this is coming to an end. When and, uh, he, when the fucking seagull fucking yeah goes when, to the fucking plane and yeah, which that's another thing that shows all this destruction. But it's like uh, the pilots are fucking dead, right? Yeah, like that, yeah. He said that three people died. Yeah, it's so, so fucking crazy. Presumably, two pilots and a like a flight attendant is what I would assume. Mm-hmm. You know, probably. Uh, but yeah, man, it's, it, it was an interesting watch. And I, like I said, I've seen it before once. I'm glad I watched it again. And, and I did buy a copy. Uh, I, I don't, yeah, I bought it. I, I, I was going to buy it anyway, because I remembered liking it the first time. Um, I still liked it, but I, do I think it's going to be one of those regular rotation films? Probably not. Like that'll be one right. of those, you know, I'm in a weird mood. Let's <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street, you know? Right. So, uh, so many things that we could say about Jonah Hill's character. Like, that guy, you know, again, the improv there, but that's just Jonah being and being so good at it. Like, that whole scene when they're talking about him marrying his and fucking his cousin and... Yeah, but that's woo! true. What? Well, no, no, the, I'm, the, sure it's, I'm sure it's true, but they're talking about the, like... Because at one point, this is when Jordan's not fully depraved yet. Like, he's not... He's not... Right. Great, but he's certainly not. He's, you know, he's just a Wall Street cokehead. He isn't stuck to, he isn't indulged in crack yet, which is coming in like fifteen minutes. But you know, at that point, but like he's talking to him and he's like, you know, what about the kids? And he's like, oh no, we got kids, you know. And if it isn't our chance that yeah, they'll be retarded. Yeah, I mean, and I'm like, you know, we don't right. don't like that line, but I'm just saying or the word, but I'm just using the line. But then, like, Jonah goes into the whole thing about, like, yeah, just take him out in the car and open the door, and you're free now. You're free. Go. 
and yeah. and and Jordan's and Jordan's looking at it like, and honestly, I feel like it was legit shock on Leo's face. Like, did he just fucking say that? I, I think that because Joda Hill breaks down. He's like, you know, of course I wouldn't fucking do that. You know, I give him a, uh, you know, take, take him, him to a fucking asylum or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that so that if 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 it is improvised, I believe it. But that is also based on the real dude. Like the real dude oh, yeah. did marry his fucking cousin. Yeah, no, I yeah, yeah, I get that. And then Which the, is fucking hysterical. The other thing is the dick scene when they meet Margot Robbie for the first time. Did you read about that? It was prosthetic, yeah. Was it, but they also didn't tell anybody. The only people that knew were Marty and Jonah. So when he whips the thing out, the reactions to it, everyone was legit. Like Which means that actor's like his, the playing his wife, like was like I'm just gonna go for it, beat the shit out of him. Right, yeah, which worked. Like she was, she was great as his wife. Like that's exactly what you would expect that wife to be. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand why the fuck he never divorced her. I think she had something on him. At one point, at one point, I think it gets touched on like very briefly, and then it just moves on. I don't remember, but like my also my thinking. What does she have on him? Everyone knows that they're fucking cousins. Like, what other dirt? Well, here's the other possibility that. You know, they got married when he was still selling children's furniture or whatever it was, right? Like, so there's no prenup there. There's none of that shit. She's going to take him for a half his shit if, yeah. you know, and he's got a lot of shit at that point. You know, like, he's he's rolling in money. Yeah. But I do have a question for you. Did he flip? He flipped on Jordan, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You're talking about the card? Well, the card, the card, you know, is is Jordan protecting him, and then the and then it kind of gets the flipped. Agent has it later? Yeah, yeah. I th- yeah he, I think he flipped. I think he yeah. said, "Fuck you, you fucking rat." Right. You know, you, I'm gonna fuck you as much as you try to fuck me. Right, and he did. So. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, all these considered, they these motherfuckers got. Oh, they like, got what they deserve, more or uh, less. But they also got what they deserve. I mean, he spent what fourteen years. That thirty-six months is not what he spent in prison. No, he did not spend fourteen years in prison. Dude, I saw. All right, hold on. Uh, he, I don't think he did. I think he, what he definitely has not done is he's not paid back what he owes, and he, you know he's only paid about maybe ten million dollars to the victims that he stole from. But they reached like a new agreement where basically if he like whatever he earns, he has to give 50 percent to the victims accordingly. But and then he got through like he went he's doing these Australian fucking pep talks and seminars and shit. Uh, and Danny fucking Jonah Hill's character in real life is like went on to do something else, like inv- invest in some other kind of shady ass company and. It's just these fuckers are just addicted to it, you know? Yeah. They're addicted to fucking people over. That's, I mean, it's the money, it's the drugs and the sets, but it's also like, fuck these guys. Fuck this middleman, this, you know, this middle America, you know, teacher, you know, with two fucking kids in suburbia. Fuck them. That whole right. scene where Leo is like teaching the guys how to fucking cold call somebody and he's like pulling out imaginary dick and fucking a guy in the asshole basically is is that's what they're addicted to they're addicted to fucking people over yeah i i agree i my i will say though that you know see guys like jordan belfort it's weird you can i i 
this is kind of a separating the artist from the art kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I can admire his ability to be a salesperson. I absolutely admire his salesperson. You know, like it's the same thing. And and, and hear me out here because uh, I've had conversations about this. Hitler was a genius in the way he got himself into the position of power that he got himself into. The way he, he was able to get himself there and to just brainwash an entire country to, to yeah. or most of a country to agree with him. Now, <clears throat> he's a piece of shit. Like, yeah. what he what he stood for is god-awful, terrible, and I don't condone a second of it. Same thing with Jordan Belfort. Like, neither of them, what they were... But they're, his ability... To, so like, I love the fact that when they're at that diner and he's like... He takes the pen out and he turns it to one guy and he goes, sell me this pen. And the guy, like, stutters or whatever. And he takes the pen back and he hands it to Berenthal and goes, Berenthal, he, sa- he says his real name, the character's name. He says, sell me this right. pen. And the guy goes... Uh, write your name down for me. I don't have a pen. You need this. And that's it. That's how you sell that pen. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, Which is why he's doing it at the, again at the end and nobody's getting it. Like, But when I first saw that, it was like, that makes a thousand percent sense. You know, it's like mm-hmm. supply cause, cause the, the demand and sell the supply. You know? Mm-hmm. And there's ways to do that without fucking people over. So that that mentality is not wrong. It's when you take it to the degrees and levels that Belfort and company do that right. it then becomes terrible and fucked up, you know. But right. But his to your point from earlier, when he first gets to Wall Street, he's just trying to make money and like. If he could have stayed away from that one end of it and still use the intelligence he had, I think he would have been equally successful. You know. Yeah, I agree. I, there's no doubt about that. Jordan Belfort is a smart motherfucker. Devious is all hell. You know, and right, he but he's is, devious he, he, because he's of, really the greatest example of like show how someone with a good heart and good intentions can be just so easily corrupted. Yeah. So that's what I'm, but it, yeah, that, I don't think deviousness is, is his first nature. It might be now no. because he's so, it's so built into him. Well, but it, at the in time, terms, that being said, in terms of the, the character of Jordan Belfort is supposed to show a sympathetic, sympathetic side. What the real Jordan Belfort, who the fuck knows? Yeah. I mean, I, I read that he like, he got $20,000 for like he and his friend, like selling Italian ice. I'm like, how the fuck did you guys make $20,000 selling Italian ice with your, in like, they took like coolers and like went to the beach. Like I, even on a fucking good day, I don't know if you'd make 20 grand. Lace it with cocaine. I mean, that's, <laughs> this is before, like this is before he was doing anything. This is like, this is like when he was a teenager, like, there's the other aspect of like how much of what Jordan uh, Belfort says is true. Yeah. Because there's other people like even the real fucking uh, Donnie has like said, oh, yeah, this movie's bullshit. This shit never fucking happened the way that he was on screen. Like we didn't have fucking animals running around. It's like, no, I did eat the fish, but we didn't have animals running around. No, that 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 was that, I that ate was the fish, the but, you know, yeah. No, he said that. They were like, we never had animals running around. It's like, well, did you eat the fish? It's like, yeah, I ate the fish. I did do that. It's like, okay, so we were we were assholes, but we weren't fucking like lions and tigers and shit in the fucking boardroom. Right. Which right. is just the one scene that was fucking missing as far as I'm concerned. Like, this movie has everything except for like bestiality and necrophilia. 
Well, my guess is that um, uh, those are the scenes that were cut. Th- those are the scenes that the PETA were like, nope. You know, no, not letting that happen. So yeah, we we can't show you butt fuck butt fucking a lion. They must have changed the names of his wives too, because none of his yeah they did yeah. Because I'm looking it's, here, and none of those names match. It's uh, Nadine is who eventually becomes Naomi. Okay, yeah. There's Denise, yep. Nadine, Anne, and now Christina. Oh, he's had fucking... Who the fuck is, like, Jordan Belfort? I want to marry that fucking guy. Uh, well, I saw see. Wolf of Wall Street. I still want to be with him. What the fuck? Denise was 95... Or, I'm sorry, 85 to 91. So that's yeah. that's presumably Kristen Milioti, the character yeah. we see on, on yes. screen. Then you have Nadine Cardi... Caridi? I can't... Caridi. Yeah. Uh, she's 91 to 2005, so that's... That's Naomi. 2008 to 2020 is Anne Belford. She kept the name. Wow. And then from, and then he just got married again to a Christina. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce that long, crazy Italian last name. But yeah. He's, he sounds like he's got a type. Yeah. He's got a thing for the Italians. Yeah. Yeah, because it was Denise Lombardo, Nadine Caridi. And the, I don't know what Anne's maiden name is because she still has Belfort. So She's Belfort. probably Italian. He's just like, I need me all the giddies. Yeah. So he's 60 years old now. Wow. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, the majority of the film is set in the late 80s, early mid 90s. Yeah, yeah, well, that makes so, sense. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Um, <clears throat> all right, should we wrap it up and play What's in the Box Office? Oh, he got robbed last year, $300,000 in Bitcoin. Good. Fuck him. Now he knows how it feels. Yeah, right. That's why I was laughing about it. I'm not saying it's a, it's a good, it's a bad thing. I just found that kind of funny. Yeah, we can, we can, we can play. Um, we want to start with Boiler Room since we started with Boiler Room. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. Boiler Room, early two thousand, two thousand. So I'm gonna. It's a pretty low level movie. A lot of the actors are before they were like famous and shit. With the exception so of say... Affleck, I would think, right? Affleck kind of was there already. Aff- Affleck won an Oscar like before that. So yeah, well, that was for Affleck... writing, not acting, but sure. But yeah. a- but Affleck, see, the interesting thing is, is Affleck is, this is like one of the few roles that were like, everybody was like, oh, he was fucking awesome in that movie when everybody else was giving him shit. Like he had all these string of movies that were like, you know, this is right before Pearl Harbor. Yeah, so this yeah. This is right when like, oh, fuck Ben Affleck. And they were like, oh no, but he was awesome in Boiler Room. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say the budget is seven mil. I, right on. Nice. Nicely really? Done. Yeah. Nicely done. I was, I was like, I think 10 is too much, but I, I was like, five is too low. I'm going to go with smack them out. Um, did it make money? Just at least yes. give me that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to say it's probably made 12. No. Higher. Okay. So it's, it's 25. I'll give it to you. 28. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I'm, and I would I would argue that's a, no, that's a big fucking gross damn for that it movie. Is, yeah for that movie. I, but I would also argue this is one of those movies that did really well on home videos, home sales, DVD, Blu-ray. I would argue like these numbers don't reflect that, but I would I would argue that I feel like it did. It's done more there. The funny thing is, is that when you're like me and you 
you know, have been collecting VHSs and DVDs your whole fucking life, basically, yeah. you tend to see the repeats of stuff that's like at the Goodwill or at the dollar store yeah. or at flea markets. Inevitably, there will always be one copy of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom or four copies of Titanic, the double sure. casing, all that, or some random fucking thing of like Godfather. There's always those where like I could tell Steph, I'm like, we're going to go in here. I'm going to find four copies of Romancing the Stone as an example. Never once have I ever seen a copy, to the best of my knowledge, of Boiler Room on either VHS or DVD. So if they're buying these movies, they're not reselling it. They're holding on to it. For because it's reason. a good fucking movie. It's, it's decent, for sure. All right. Um, okay. Wolf of Wall Street. This is going to be really fucking tough. I'm going to say the budget, 90 mil? Higher. Not Avengers higher, right? I don't know what Avengers higher is, so I can't. Like 500 mil. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, okay. Because that's my barometer of like, that's way too fucking much. Um, I'm going to, all right, fine. Uh, 150. No, lower. All right, I'm fucking up on this one. Uh, 125? No, 100 even. Oh, what did I say before? 90? You said 90. My, my rule is 5 all right, mil. All right, so you, all, right yeah. all right. That's fair. Yeah. Um, just to, just know, wait. I know for. Before you do the box office for the audience, Leo's salary was twenty five of that one hundred. I believe it. Yeah. So. All right, box office. I know for a fact almost everybody fucking saw this movie because I was working at a theater. Right. Um. I don't think it broke records, but I think it did pretty fucking amazing. So I'm going to say four hundred and fifty mil. No, lower. Really? Right. Yeah. 400 mil. All right. It's 392. It's technically outside the five, but I, if I went I, lower, I really need to start like being instead of like round numbers, I just need like the budgets are usually a round number and the box office is going to be like, like it's some... 37 instead of 40. Like... Right. And every once in a while you'll get a flat number, but typically, yeah, it's some rant, you know. Right. Unique number. So I need to pull one of these days. I need to pull a fucking rain man and be like 246. Like, you know, like definitely, you, definitely you, like you did well 2. with the wall streets. If you remember. So, I mean, I did. I, I, and I did fucking great with boiler room just now. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's coming goes. It's just kind of like, you know, it, it's waves. Kind of, it comes in waves. Yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, let me give you some legal advice. Shut the fuck up. CJ here with some show information and a few thank yous. After I'm done, stay tuned for the damn it, our very own post credit scene. Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your smart speaker, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you enjoy the show as much as we hope you do, make sure to tell a friend where they can find us too. If you want to agree with or yell at us, follow Rico, me, and the show on Twitter. The show is at Podeskew, Rico is at Rance Rico, and I'm at M underscore Blade. And like this show page, Podeskew Podcast, on Facebook. If you love music as much as I do, you should check out my alter ego, DJ Xanthus, on my radio show every Thursday from 9pm to midnight-ish, and Saturday from 10pm to midnight-ish, Eastern Standard Time at www.radio-airwaves.co.uk. I tend to run past midnight, hence the ish. Oh, and DJ Xanthus is on Twitter at DJXANTHUS. 
Make sure to follow that for show updates. We want to thank logo designer and show friend Mike for his work on our awesome logo. You can contact him for artwork via email at logomike80 at gmail.com. That's logomike80 at gmail.com. Check out tpublic.com slash if you want to display your love of the logo and potescu. Thank you to Samuel Lemons for all original music on the show, especially our theme music. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons, all one word, and his music on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Samuel Lemons. Finally, our biggest thank you is to you. Rico and I really appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you our next episode. Don't forget the damn it. Quit staring and just apologize. Hey, hey. He doesn't have to say shit, all right? Just go back to your Heineken and shut the fuck up, okay? Was I talking to you? No, you weren't. I'm talking to him. You're talking to him, you're talking to me and my whole fucking crew. Thank you.